1: Welcome to the Wheel of Time podcast. We're the Lorehounds,
2: your guides to Randland. I'm David. I'm John, and this is our coverage of the Amazon Prime fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. In this podcast, we're going to do a
1: scene-by-scene breakdown of Season 2, Episode 6, Eyes Without Pity. Yeah, those were pretty pit- pitiless eyes.
2: And and the biggest eyes I've seen in quite a long time. Mm. With so. huge without pity. All right. Uh be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our September podcasting schedule, followed by the White Tower segment, where Alicia Sedai and I do a deep dive into the lore of the books.
1: For early access, ad-free episodes, and exclusive content, visit us at patreon.com/slash the lorehounds. Also, We'd love to ask if you're enjoying what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple podcasts. That's the best place. Um, it helps us to raise our profile. So people can find us even when they're lost in the IEL wastes.
2: Waste. Or chained waste. to, yeah, or to, or chained to a, uh, an IDON. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Specifically for the Wheel of Time, we have a new feed set up just for this show. So if you're only interested in Randland content, You can subscribe to that channel. You also can get this show on our main feed where you can get all our content like Foundation, Ahsoka, and Second Breakfast. Well, not Second Breakfast because that's Patreon exclusive, but everything else. Uh, You can also get this on Spotify and YouTube.
1: Woohoo. We love to respond to questions, thoughts, theories on air. So send us your feedback for the next episode. Uh, Just a quick reminder, we're recording these a little bit advanced because we've got screener access. So depending on when we are able to record and get stuff out, your uh, feedback may be delayed slightly. But we're going to do a season wrap, too, as we get near the end here so we can collect uh, a lot of stuff there. So start sending in or thinking about your season season wrap ideas.
2: Yeah, I'll say it's not as dramatic as it was with Foundation because we're only getting these screeners like a day or two in advance. So we are mostly keeping up with the feedback. But it's anyway, true. you can send that feedback to we uh W O T at com or you can head to our website and use the voicemail feature, use the contact form. You could post a message in our Discord server and you can get to all of those links in the show notes. David. Yes sir. The wheel weaves on and uh, this <laughs> episode I saw you chatting with Alicia on our private, you know, Barobian broadcasting channel. Right, and uh, I saw you were a little depressed about this episode.
1: Uh, I don't think it was depression. I think it was more, "Good Lord, <laughs> you know." Yeah when is yeah. when is Egwene going to learn the message? You know, learn the lesson here. It was uh, it was brutal. The screams yeah. in the background were were just really rough. Um, the fact that you know, like stuff with Lynn and his um, his uh confrontation that he has and the stuff rand in in dreamland i mean there's just a lot mm-hmm. of oh, oh the the um, i apologize i don't have her name on the head uh i'm sure we'll get to it in the notes the woman who's the yellow aja the the, I said I uh, the yellow aja. it's
2: it's rima Ryma or is it rima? I, rima I could never they always said it so fast i was like what are they saying
1: right <laughs> it's r y m a and we don't have the uh yeah we don't have Uh, subtitles in our screeners. So that's always frustrating, Mm -hmm. but you know, give it her self sacrifice, you know, her self sacrifice. So there was just a lot of, you know, up until now it's been campy is not the right word. It's, it's fantasy. It is just full on full bodied, you know, fantasy, right. Trollocs and magic weaves and all, you know, funny headdresses, all of that. This one got really dark and really serious, and it was, it was a lot. (laughs) I wasn't expecting it, you know. The, I mean, the scenes of of Egwene being hung on the wall, like, and choking. I mean, wow, that was pretty intense.
2: Mm Hmm. Yeah. So in the books, obviously, this was a dark plot line in the books Mm -hmm. of, of Egwene's captivity. The way that they described. Renna and Egwene's relationship was that Renna was speaking to her the way you speak to a dog. Mm. And I think they nailed that in the show, both in the writing and mm. the acting. They really nailed this good girl. You know, this this really right. like, I'm proud right. of you for doing the trick, not because you're a human, not because right. I'm proud of your triumphs as a human. Really, really captured the dehumanization of the Demone, yeah. the the terror of it. I think they really made you empathize with Egwene on how terrifying that would be to not even be able to lift a pitcher of water because of the, the way you're thinking about it. You, you can't even have thought. thoughts of your own. Mm-hmm. You cannot have thoughts of your own because they will hurt you.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really intense. So yeah, um, I think, you know, so far the show from a season standpoint It feels like it's, it's holding steady. It's, it's, I'm not feeling, uh, up or down on any given episode. The pacing seems to be going well and story and plot seem to be developing again. I still, uh, kind of stand on the, on the fact that this is, you've got to be into fantasy to, to want to get into this because there's so much uptake in, in the world building and stuff like that. Whereas like last episode, it was a lot. This one was nice because it was just plot. Like we were just moving mm-hmm. through with, you know, we didn't have to think about place or or what's going on. Um, so they were just filling out and developing things. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, I think it's going along good. Uh, I don't know how book readers are doing. I would assume that you guys are.
2: We're having a great time. vibing. Yeah. Except except as Alicia calls them, the book cloaks. They are the, the book uh, cloaks. it's
3: <laughs>
1: oh, anybody right, who's the, like
2: super into like everything needs to be, you know, verbatim from yeah, the book, very literal, right, um, right. you know, like white cloaks, they're, they're called book cloaks. Got, oh, I, got I, it, it. Right. It's just poking fun. <laughs> it's just poking fun. But, uh, yeah, see, so we basically say, look, we'll, we'll entertain all opinions, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on book cloak theories. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and we had the same thing when we did our, uh, rings of power, uh, coverage, right? It was, um there's a committed fandom that it's very important to them and you know they yeah there for some people yeah you've got to do it like i did it in my head which is not practical when you're doing a multi million dollar set and actors and all kinds right, of uh, right. other things and we talk a lot about that with with uh, Brian Shippey, who is a Tolkien scholar, and he took you know, his whole lecture on the medium and the message and mm-hmm. how do you have to bend things or if we're, in our conversations with David Goyer a Foundation, how do you how do you take this complex material and make it work on screen? And there's a lot of choices that they have to make a lot. And right. if they can get 75% of them right. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good.
2: And and also the wheel of time is an infinitely easier thing to adapt than foundation because there's a, there's, there is a plot, right? There is a (laughs) a storyline with characters that stick around and there's, Mm. you know, points of view that shift around and you got a lot of big set pieces. It's much more geared towards adaptation than foundation is. So Mm. they do have a little bit of an easier time there. They have a little bit more difficult of a time because, there is a committed current fan base that is really into the way things happened in the book. Exactly. And I don't think foundation has that. It, I'm not saying it's not popular. I'm not saying a lot of people haven't read it. No. Yeah. But I yeah. think there's a lot fewer people saying I need to see exactly how Asimov portrayed it in the book. You know, it's just well, and Asimov,
1: yeah. And Asimov himself said, you know, that of his writing that he wasn't into the, mm-hmm. the blood, sweat and the tears of it. You know, he was into it uh, on a on a bigger idea. I don't, I'm not trying to diminish or make levels, but his his work, he, admittedly, was he was trying to play with intellectual concepts. Right, Where right. it feels like Wheel of Time is character and pathos and drama and interaction and, um, right. you know, and the blood, sweat and the tears of it so that you really are invested in these individuals. Mm-hmm. Where Asimov, at least with the core foundation books, it was centuries and one chapter to the next. You didn't have a another character where, you know, uh, I think what Brian uh, um, Sanderson. Brandon uh,
2: Sanderson, yep.
1: Sorry, Brandon Sanderson, I apologize. Um, Brandon Sanderson was really writing characters that he wanted you to fall in love with or mm-hmm. wanted you to hate, you know, and just so that you yeah. really feel that visceral connection. At least yeah. that's my supposition from watching the television
2: show. Yeah, yeah, Robert <laughs> Jordan, the, the first writer, Robert Jordan, he really cemented Oh, sorry, I got characters. Sanderson and Jordan. That's okay, yeah, I, I apologize. That's why I'm, don't I'm add saying me. it now so we don't get <laughs> at um, it. Right. right, so Robert Jordan really did cement that. I mean, I, I like to think of it this way. The Wheel of Time started with a character question. Mm -hmm. He always tells a story that this is how he started the Wheel of Time is he thought about Frodo getting caught by Gandalf and, you know, whisked away, Bilbo getting whisked away by Gandalf. He's like, if somebody came to my small village where I was super comfortable and said, (laughs) you got to go on a big adventure and give up everything you ever cared about and go into perilous danger uh, to save the world. I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> no, no, I'm not trusting you. I don't know right. you. Right. And and so you have to you have to sort of take him at that. Like he he did this whole thing as a character study mm. um, for what it would be like to be a chosen one, what it would be like to be the person on whose shoulders is the world.
1: Right. Right. And then those other people around, you know, that little cadre of friends.
2: Right. Right.
1: What they have to go through because they're also, they're not, um, they're not just bit players. They're, they're active participants mm-hmm. in this, in this story. So yeah. What, what happens when you get swept up into this thing? That's interesting. I didn't, I hadn't really realized that, uh, I hadn't had that, uh, insight available. And so that gives me some, some new, um, perspective and context for, for the story. So that's cool.
2: Yeah. So anyway, now that we've talked about that, I guess we should make <laughs> talked clear about that, talking about. Right uh, now that now that uh, we've made that clear, we should make clear that you have not read the books. No, I have read all the books, most of them multiple times. Uh, the last, the last few, I've I've not gotten around to in a while. But we're we've not busy. even close to that. We're not even close <laughs> to that in the show. We got another like ten books of content together. So uh, fear not, I'll reread them before the last couple seasons. Anyway, we're not going to spoil ahead in the books on in terms of plot. We will you know, make comparisons to things that have already happened in the books. Like I'll talk about what happened with Egwene, with the item in the books compared to the show. Uh, but we won't you know, we won't be saying like, and then this happened. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's, that's for the White fun. Tower segment. Right. At right. The <laughs> end, Alicia and I will go, do you, how are they going to get to this point? Because they are really far off from that. And then we'll do all that fun speculation. But for now. We are just talking show. David, let's get to the breakdown. Let's do it. Egwene is dragged into a cell by Rena, her new Sulam. Uh, Rena demonstrates the rules of the idam, particularly that it will not allow Egwene to hurt her or remove the IDOM. She forces Egwene to give her name and tries to begin forming a bond.
1: Yeah, so we start the, <laughs> the
2: episode right in it. <laughs> yep. No, no
1: lead up or anything. We're, we're in it right from the beginning. And, uh, it's pretty brutal. I don't, um, I'm going to make a, a comparison here. Uh, and it's a, it's a, a comparison made out of, um, appreciation. There's a great episode of, uh, Star Trek, the next generation where Picard is, captured by some enemy forces and there's, there's this sort of master interrogator and he tries to get Picard. There's these lights above him and he tries to get it to convince him that there are three lights instead of four. And the whole time of this episode, I was going back to that same thing where there's this, this both overt and subtle psychological manipulation with this physical yep. hardship and, and yep. whatnot going on. And here is this simple thing. All you have to do is pour me a cup of water. All you have to do is say, there are three lights instead of four. And that crossing that line, that threshold, is such a massive psychological thing. And watching the show, watching Egwene go through this, I was just like, dang, girl, just get over it and just pour the glass of water. But as you said, if you have a stray thought, <laughs> that stupid collar mm-hmm. thing's gonna kick your ass across the room.
2: Right. I mean, plus you that means that you've accepted that you were a slave. Yes. <laughs> which is absolutely horrific. Yeah. And, you know, what I really like about this scene, and this is true to the book, is that Renna presents herself as the good cop, right? Yeah. She says
1: Oh, so I, reasonable.
2: I you know, a lot of Sool Dom, they disagree with me. Most of mm. them wouldn't want to be friendly with you, but I'm not like them don't worry, you've got a good trainer with me. Yeah. Uh, little doggie, uh, you and I are going to be best friends as long as you listen to me. Yeah. And there, there's two things about that. One, she is, again, the good cop. She's trying to be friendly. She's trying to sort of give give some sock home syndrome fuel to a <laughs> But the other thing is she's extremely matter of fact. Nothing she says mm. is said in a cruel way, even if mm-hmm. the facts are cruel. Everything she says is, you can't hurt me. That's mm-hmm. not what that thing allows you to do. You cannot take it off. That thing will not allow you to do it. It's it's presenting things as reality rather than as a punishment. Interesting. And that yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Very much showing you how the Suldam view the Demane as inhuman, uh, subhuman I should say. Right, right. And as property that just needs to accept its place in the world.
1: It's um. It was a very convincing, uh, uh performance by the actor, um, the, the actor who's playing Rena, in this very. Yeah, yes. she's very matter of fact, and even when Egwene is struggling at times, she's looking at her with this concern and just, just if you would just, just get over it, you know, you don't have to suffer mm-hmm. and and fear this, you know, and and it's really pretty terrifying (laughs) when you think about it, Mm -hmm. when you actually think about it, that that's horrific. And that her, their attitudes of people in their stations, like you said, this, this subhuman class is, uh, yeah, it's just matter of fact, you're, you're you're this, I am that there's, it's never going to be anything other and Mm -hmm. this is your home. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it was really, it was quite a a shocking way to begin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> begin the episode. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but it, it really shows you, it really portrays this alien people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This group of people who it's not, I mean, look, it's an extremely cruel practice, but they don't see it as cruel, is what I'm talking about. No, to say. Exactly, exactly. They see it as. We are protecting the world from you, powerful people. We're making mm. sure that this is kept in the bureaucracy. That mm. only the government has nuclear weapons. That mm. only you know. You know we are. We are keeping order here. You are dangerous if left alone. You know we are. We are picked for this. We have to try to do this. We have to train to do this, and we are the ones who will control where the power is used.
1: That's really interesting. I hadn't considered that perspective either. That um, people who can channel are. At some level, uh, a danger to the population at large. Mm-hmm. And well,
2: except the die in in I almost said in Westeros, but in Randland, <laughs> uh, in Randland, have taken the oaths to comfort people and keep them from revolting. Right, right. That's right. how they've combated it. Whereas in Shanchen, they've enslaved the channelers. Much different response.
1: And if we, sorry, we were doing this all day today when we were doing our uh, Ahsoka podcast, Crossing the Streams. But if we jump over to Foundation
3: mm-hmm. with
1: Telum and The Sighted, right, and, and all of the stories of the of those people who have uh, mental powers, they were reviled and feared and, and right. run out or, or created and put it, you know, created a, a, a like worship god. or god. a yep. god was, yeah, formation around them. And so this whole idea of, of you're different, you have powers, uh, that makes me deeply uncomfortable. That makes society deeply uncomfortable. How are we going to do that? So that's interesting. There's two different societies, how they dealt with the same response, uh, from, from a, you know, deeply instinctually tribalistic people, you know, we, we are as human beings tribal, This sort of tribal nature is seems to be programmed into us at some level. And so right. when there's strong difference, it gets complicated, let's say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of complications, a woman scorned in our next scene, Land Fear, <laughs> holds Rand captive and tells him she's been protecting him from Ishmael. Mm. She, t- she says he always pushes people away in all his lives, mm-hmm. then offers to help him on one condition, that he leave Moraine. Rand calls out Moraine's manipulation and leaves her. Meanwhile, Matt and Min are arrive at the foregate.
1: So, uh, I thought this, so I, I had a, let me, let me be careful about how I, uh, respond to this scene, the content of the scene I loved. And I love the fact that land as a, um, uh, a quote unquote bad guy, right. I'm just sort of yep. using that in the broad sense. Um, is telling the truth and is in some ways accurate about what she's saying and she's laying out some things. Well, yeah, of course, you know, you were, you were, she got you here because to put you next to, um, who's the other male channeler. I apologize. Uh,
2: Yeah. Loghain.
1: Loghain. Thank you. Yes. Loghain to get you close to Loghain. Didn't you see that manipulation? Oh my goodness. Right. So like all this truth that she's laying out, which is great. I loved it. And then I, I just, it's, it's a minor thing for me. The the whole costuming thing and the <laughs> the wheel and the the headpiece and the dominatrix stuff. And I know for a lot of people that's a super big enjoyment factor. And for me, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Okay. Between the, the I scene. Liked it. Sure. That's fine.
2: I think um, I liked it because and we saw a little bit of the Age of Legends in season one. We haven't mm-hmm. seen any in season two, but I think we saw in season one how ornate the age of legends was everything okay. was a level of decor uh, above what is currently happening in ranland okay so i think that this is more uh i i think she's in her her teenage sulking outfit you know this okay. is her this is her woman scorned outfit this is uh-huh. her i am going to beat the shit out of you ran outfit right and uh yeah i th- i think it works and i really enjoyed things like <laughs> he's on the wheel <laughs> i i thought that was great and then uh, she goes, well, why don't you trust me? And he just gestures to the bonds. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. And that she just good. goes, oh,
2: all right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, but I love how she immediately goes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like she completely gives up the point after yeah, after right. being pointed out after being called out on it. Uh, yeah, I'm really loving Landfear's portrayal, you know, Celine. I was fine with the way she portrayed Celine, but uh-huh. now that she's able to be on mm-hmm. I think that this actor is doing an amazing job. Yeah.
1: She's nailing it hundred percent. The, there's no doubt. And, and going her. from, going from the different costuming and then going from the dream land to the, you know, the, just seamless adjusting herself to the, the circumstance and who she's talking to. Um, and she, what I really like uh, about the portrayal is the confidence. This mm-hmm. is a forsaken who absolutely knows what her power set is and is not afraid to use it, but is not using it injudiciously. I guess you could say not it's not just I'm throwing power around, but I'm applying pressure and mm-hmm. pushing things in these very very knowing ways. I know that if I push this direction, you're gonna respond and 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 go that direction. And I really. Mm-hmm appreciate that portrayal on screen of just that absolute sure-footedness. I know exactly what I'm doing and I know what I'm going to get. And that's what I'm after.
2: Yeah. You know, what's uh, Lanfear is one of the most terrifying forsaken and it's not because (laughs) she's more powerful than the other ones. Not because she's hot. (laughs) Well, it's not just that, but it's also because she is so smart. Yes. And because she has an informational advantage over Rand, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we're podcasters. We have parasocial relationships all over the place. <laughs> right. And everyone who listens to us knows a lot more about us than we know about them. Mm hmm. Same thing with Landfear and Rand. Landfear knows exactly how Rand lived his last life, his whole lifetime. Mm She's spent time with him. She knows intricate details about his soul. Mm -hmm. And Rand has no memory of that.
1: Right, right. So he's a complete information disadvantage.
2: Mm -hmm. Plus, she did spend three months with him while he was being (laughs) himself. And she was being Celine, whoever Mm -hmm. that is. Right. So she knows way more about him than he knows about her. Huge informational advantage. She's able to push his buttons so easily here.
1: Right, right, and it's great. It's great to see her manipulating him, and to in turn manipulate Moraine, who the season has set up for us to be a little bit miffed with Moraine. <laughs> you know, this season, like, hey, you're treating all your people like crap, and you're being mean to people, and yeah, and and so now you're getting a little comeuppance. I mean, we don't want the. We don't want you to lose the game here, but yeah, you know, you know I don't feel yeah. sorry for you in the way that I might want to.
2: I um, I've been on record not being in love with Rosamund Pike's casting. OK, I think that um, I think she's a bit Shakespearean for the role. OK, now Alicia will tell me a million times <laughs> that I'm wrong and that's fine. Like if you like her, you like her. I think she sometimes sells it for me and sometimes I'm like taken out of it by the by the shtick. But I I just I love Moraine in the books the whole time. Like there's Mm -hmm. never a time where I'm pissed off at her. Okay, And I'm really pissed off at her this season.
1: Right. Right. And
2: I just I don't know. But like I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I like that the show has done that for me. And that's not Rosamund Pike's fault. That's the fault of the writing. No, I so, think Rosamond
1: Pike is right in there with this. Sure, uh, yeah, being an yeah. unsympathetic character.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm curious where they're going with it. I'm willing to give them a little bit more wiggle room, but you know, if this were a couple episodes, fine. I think mm-hmm. that having her be unlikable for a whole season was a mistake.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, w- wins the. Well, and I could say this uh, too about. Um, uh, not Egwene, but um, apologies. Um, Nynaeve. Nynaeve, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, naive. Just like naive. Just get over. Like, I, I want. I'm ready for growth. I'm ready for arc. <laughs> you know, like let's let's see some mo- movement, and I want to see Moraine do some movement too. Right? Like, I want to yes. see. I want to be sympathetic. I like your character. I, I just give me a little bit of nudge in the direction that you're going, rather than just being right. stuck in this. One gear the, the whole time.
2: Yeah, now Nynaeve is someone who I was angry with for about six books. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then I finally came around to like, now she's okay. one of my favorite characters, but it took a long time sure for Nynaeve to win me over. Ny- Nynaeve had was, me from book one.
1: Nynaeve was one of my favorites coming out of season one of the television show. So, yeah, well, they made I'm, her I'm like, a
2: lot more sympathetic in the show okay. right off the bat. In the books, you're kind of like, all right, hey. get over it, get over it, get over it. You know, like just grow up a little bit. You're supposed to be yes. the oldest of this group and you're the one who's the least mature.
1: Right, right. Well, I didn't mean to segue is too far off with naive here, so.
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, I hope that there is good payoff for this Marine plot line because right now, as it stands, that is my biggest structural criticism of the season. Mm-hmm. Is putting her off in this in this, you know, sad girl phase.
1: I want to quickly go back to the the costuming uh, for for Lanfear. So are you saying that that outfit that she's wearing would represent a particular time, a specific time within the Wheel of Time's history?
2: Probably. It would probably be closer to what she would wear in the Age of Legends.
1: Okay, got it. Just because, yeah, the the headpiece just kept throwing me out because it looked Mm -hmm. like a costume and not a a, a natural – Extension and, and I think, and not knowing anything about where they were or what they were, what was going on with that,
2: mm-hmm. the yeah, I they would have no context for it. She's 3,000 so years old, right? Okay, like I'm sure fashion has changed in 3,000 years, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. Okay, let's move on. Elaine and Nynaeve argue about what to do to save Egwene. Nynaeve tells Rima about Leandrin's turn to the dark, and Rima labels her Black Aja.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It just felt like good um, plot, you know, moving plot forward and and setting some stakes here, and then inevitably we get the no, we can't leave our friend, but the fate of the world is in balance if we don't tell the you know Amerlin seat. Then like who's gonna? So you know, it it was all pretty straightforward for me.
2: Yep, yep. Not a lot to say about this scene, uh, except this is the first time that the show has actually used the term Black Aja, as far as yes. I remember.
1: And I I really am bummed that we don't well i don't know we we may get more of rayma uh later uh mm-hmm. she was a great little addition this yellow aja schooling these mm-hmm. gr- like girls what are you doing here we gotta we gotta talk about what's going on she well was, we've still was got lovely. plenty
2: of people in the kennel to deal with so perhaps that's what i'm saying up. maybe yeah.
1: maybe we get uh get her back and out and she can uh exact a little bit of revenge later on for using her warder, because that was also not cool. There's a lot of not cool stuff in this episode, so I mean, it's all great for the dramatic stakes, right? But, yeah. They were not shy about bumping people off.
2: Definitely. Speaking of bumping people off, uh, Leandrin visits her dying son, Eludrin, and is joined by Lanfear. Mm. Lanfear determines that Leandrin swore oaths to the dark to save her son, but she says, this is not life. She kills Eludrin to free Le- to free Leandrin and urges her to follow the dark, not Ishmael. I love this line that Landfear uses. There are many ways, there are many paths to walk through the night.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty powerful scene. Um, in that Leandrin is um, she's made she's literally made a deal with the devil, right? Mm-hmm. For for what? And what is she going to now be struggling with? Is she really walking the dark side or was she just trying to pay a price? And now that that part of the equation is gone, you know, the person that she was trying to protect. So it's going to be really interesting to see where her character goes now that she's mm-hmm. not grounded with her uh, with her son there anymore.
2: Well, Lanfear did drop some lore here. She said, OK, you, know, you can't go back on your oaths. It's Those true. Are your odes. It's right. they are binding just as the three odes are. Mm. Um, you know, somehow the uh, the black Aja has gotten around the three odes, and that's something that you'll have to wait the wheel weaves um to find out why. But it's, for now, just accept it.
1: Be, uh, no, it's fair enough. It I was kind of in my headcanon, it was like the the, it was like rewriting code, right? The firmware got, you know, overwritten. There was a patch, mm-hmm. you know, that it put it in there and then the, that magic supplanted the other magic, right? So
3: mm-hmm.
1: maybe there's a form of the oaths and that's the structurally thing, but the content of the oaths is sort of changed. That's the kind of way I made it. I mushed it in my brain to, to make it kind of work that
2: way. That's similar to my headcanon before I found out the answer and it is wrong. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you, uh, just, love just stay tuned. Just okay, stay perfect.
1: Tuned. Awesome. Well, that's what you've, you've always told me what this show does is, is um, it sets out these expectations or tropes or, you know, well-worn paths, and then he plays with them and he inverts them and flips them and and completely subverts them. And so um, that sounds like it's right in the uh, the target zone for what this um, overall storyline does,
2: right? Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, cool. the point is Leandrin is stuck with the dark. She's got yes. to serve the dark in some way. I think one of the questions this season is why do people swear oaths to the dark? Why do mm. people go bad? How do people break bad? How did Walter White mm-hmm. go to the darkness? Um, but and that's really, interesting. Like, right, exactly. But also, can you – now we're introducing this new question is can you return to the light once mm. you've gone to the darkness?
1: Interesting. Cool. Yeah, or, you know – um, when the walking dead was in some good places, that was one of the questions they were asking. Can Uh you come back? You know, you've got to. the, the monsters aren't the zombies. The monsters are the other people. And to fight the monsters and to, to survive, you've got to do monstrous things. Can you then still live in society? Can you still love your child? Can you still, you know, have tender moments with your, your loved ones, knowing the, the horrors that you've committed to, um to try to keep yourself alive. Right. So that's that's an interesting question.
2: Yep, yep. Good questions all around. And I think this is this is getting too shippy testy to yes. to the core of what the Wheel of Time is playing with.
1: Okay, cool. All
2: right. So other things I just want to say in the scene. Yes. Aludra is a fan favorite character that they have not introduced yet, and Aludrin is was the name of of this son okay. and nobody knows why they made a show creation that mm. is so close
3: in, <laughs> to in a, word yeah a
2: book and uh Alicia and I talk about it a bit in the in the um White Tower segment but uh people are very confused of why they gave him this name okay um but I I will say I think that um this was a watershed moment for Leandra and I think we are about 100%. to see some crazy stuff from her.
1: Okay, cool. And, and Lanfear is so, she's so calm and, um, what's the title? Uh, you know, uh, eyes without pity,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you know, uh, pity, I mean, she, f- she feels for her, but she also, I think she, she sees it as a, um,
2: she called it a gift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that you are you're actually, uh stuck and I'm freeing you. So yeah. Interesting. And I
2: kind of, I don't know about you because, uh, um, alicia and i debated this she thought you that <laughs> she thought that leander i know alicia and i we almost always agree on all these shows but we'll have uh-huh. time for some reason we are like on opposite sides of the coin on a bunch of issues interesting it's fine it makes for good conversation did,
1: absolutely but, right that's um, what we do that's what we want
2: right so but but for this one she was thinking that Leandrin was completely, you know, angry and sad about this whole thing. Mm. I thought I saw relief with her towards the end. I thought the actor was showing relief on her face for a short period.
1: uh, And I think anyone who's um, dealt with, you know, family, immediate, extended, what have you, where sometimes they're uh, a, a family member who passes. It is a relief in a way because suffering is over. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't still be angry about it or still. Sure, have yeah. I,
2: I wasn't denying that part existed, sure. but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that there was, you know, there was a little bit of truth in what Lanphier was saying, which was I'm giving you a gift here. Yeah. Because which, it's not even just that he it, was, it wasn't even just a mercy kill. Right. It was mm. it was her removing almost a curse that Leandrin yes. put on him, which was right. to be alive without awareness.
1: Right. Yeah, doesn't she say something to the effect of that this isn't living?
2: Yeah, I mean that he was kept barely alive, right, by her oaths to the dark. Mm. So all that, all that Leand, all that Lanfear did was make it so that he would die as he naturally would have,
1: right? Right. We did get
2: other character details about Leandrin here again, not in the book, but that she was essentially a child bride,
0: mm-hmm. and she was abused yeah. as a child.
2: Right. and this really says a lot about why she is very against men in her adult life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good. And and it feels like they're really making she's she is one of the main characters going mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. I think it's great. Right. Um also interesting too that and Fear we are seeing that she's got motives that aren't necessarily in line with Ishabel.
2: Yes. Yeah. The forsaken Are all servants of the dark, but, (laughs) but they don't like each other like at all. Right. (laughs) And so they'll, they'll ally for a period of time. But as we saw in the last episode, you had Ishmael going, are you going to betray me? She says, obviously, you know, like that's, (laughs) that's just what they do. They're all evil people. They know that they're going to betray each other. As long as everyone shows up to fight the last battle, dark ones happy. Yeah. You know? So I'm loving these characterizations, but we've got to go back to Falma where Surath hosts a party and forces Loyal to sing. Uh, He begins singing to a tree, which grows, and Surath cuts him off with the laughter of the party. Loyal tells Ingtar they need to save Egwene, but Ingtar insists on getting the horn. Not a lot here, but what do you think of the tree singing?
1: Well, um... I thought that was interesting and, and I guess it, it goes to that uh, I don't know a lot about the builders and so I was like, oh, this is an interesting mm-hmm. skill, and maybe there was something in season one that I, I'm forgetting. No, this um, is the
2: first time they're introducing tree okay. singing, I think. Cool. Um, it's it's that is what they were made to do. That's what they oh. were meant to do, which was to sing to trees and grow trees. Okay. Sung wood is what they call, you know, timber from okay. uh lumber from from these trees. And it's just better wood. It's solid, more solid. It's, it's you know, longer lasting. And that's what they did. And they're called builders because after the breaking of the world, after the old ran broke the world, mm-hmm. they're the people who helped build the cities back up. Interesting. Okay. But that wasn't their calling. Their calling was to sing to the trees and create lush forests.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, t- <laughs> Treants. I know,
2: uh, I know. A <laughs> little Tolkien-esque.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's cool. We're playing. We're playing with mm-hmm. the Legos, right? We're yep, building yep. stuff out of uh out of different things. We're using the we're mixing the parts together from mm-hmm. different kits. I think um, they're
2: kind of part ent and part yeah. um dwarf mm-hmm. in this. You know, they are they have elements of both.
1: Uh the thing that really disturbed me about this um party which is i think it was supposed to uh was that the Suroth and her party are just cruel and di- and dismissive yes. yep. and um uh and and you could just feel that high school cafeteria or middle school cafeteria vibe going on and it was icky <laughs> you know and i was like ooh i don't want to i don't want to hang out
2: with these people exactly so. and i mean she calls him Dakaval. that's that's a shanchin slave Okay. Um. So he's now been made into a slave. That's not a channeler. So he's he's standard issue slave instead of right. Um. You know, weapon slave. And uh, it's yeah. Then sad. we get
1: we get the the setup for the the stakes. Oh, oh I um. I did want to say before uh, that. I mean, that's a clearly like, oh, we got to get the horn, or we got to get our friend, right? Okay. The
2: MacGuffin has been introduced exactly,
1: and we got two, right? You know, oh, it's a you know, which one, right? Save the mm-hmm. world or save our you know our feelings uh, because of our friend. But what I thought was interesting was Suroth, when she was seeing as slowly as people were becoming a little bit more entranced. Right. She was like, oh, wait, this is stealing the attention away from me. Exactly. Okay, you know, end of story, back to me now, back to, you know. Can't let the Doc focus. of all
2: take all the attention. You know, exactly. my slave can't take all the attention from me. So,
1: good character moment to showing us more who Surath is and mm-hmm. what her her um, operational parameters are.
2: She's very easy to hate. <laughs> There's <laughs> really no easy. redeeming quality to Surath, especially right. in the show. Fair enough. Yeah, Egwene fantasizes about using her water pitcher to attack Rena, but in reality, she cannot. Rena explains that the IDOM prevents her from touching anything she sees as a weapon. Rena makes pouring a glass of water the new assignment. Egwene then admires the tree in the courtyard. I think so, we've mostly hashed out their relationship, but what anything yeah. about this scene in particular that?
1: Um, it was interesting the the little memory thing, you know, uh, doing the playing it out in your mind because you know we all do that, right? The, right, if, if, right. If I'm going to say this or that. But I will say that uh Madeline Madden, the actor who's playing Egwene, mm-hmm. her physical acting in this is really great. Hitting those contorted yes. stances yep. with her arms and her chest and her head and and really feeling through that. Um, that was really good um <laughs> actor workshop-y stuff. Like I think she had to work on that, but she I think she nailed it.
2: Yeah, it was it was really good. I really bought that she was in incredible pain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like when she throws a punch, and then she's got to react to herself for that, and just all of the yeah, that the must little... be so hard to react <laughs> to your own punch. So it it was convincing. I was I was yeah I I was in the world. I was in it. And yeah, the actor who's uh, who's playing her uh, again, Adam?
2: who's playing Rena. It? Rena, yes, thanks. He, she's a soul dom. So the soul device dom, that's what it is, is. Thank you. the device is the idom. Although in the show they're saying adom, and I don't know mm-hmm. why. The every audiobook I've ever listened to in this series it says idom. So I'm going to okay. keep saying it that way, and everybody okay. can get over it. But um, yeah, so the person controlling is the soul dom, and then obviously Egwene is the damane.
1: Yeah, I'm really liking them a lot. Their their portrayal is is great. It, the I, like we were talking about before, just the affect and the attitude and control is uh, it's just a really it's a really interesting performance and i'm enjoying it a lot
2: and uh zelia mendes jones i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right but that's the name of the actor here
1: okay yeah they're doing doing a great
2: job yeah absolutely let's move on to ishmael ishmael tells min he will get rid of her curse if she can get matt to leave kyrian with Rand. Again, yeah. kind of kind of more of a uh, a plot point for this yep. scene, but we know that's big, Min's big motivation this season. She wants to get rid of her sight and that's that.
1: Right. And it's um setting up the the moral hazard that she's gonna feel if she gets what she wants at sacrificing somebody right. who's becoming her friend.
2: Right. And two people really, right? Because mm. something bad is probably gonna happen to Matt and then he, she knows he's gonna kill Rand in her vision. Right. Right. Lan arrives at a monument to the forsaken with Alana and the warders. He tries to sneak out of camp, but the warders and Alana accuse him of being a dark friend and force him to tell them about the dragon reborn.
1: So I was a little confused with this scene in as much as well, no, I guess I'm now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, I'm less confused. If he had just stayed in camp, they wouldn't have confronted him this way. But because he did try to sneak off, they were like, okay, this is even more. We're, we're suspicious. Now he's sneaking off. We're even more suspicious. So now we have to intervene. So I guess that makes right. sense uh, right. now that I work it out.
2: Like, Right. There, there, there's some reason he's avoiding the tower and he's trying to figure out the whereabouts of the Amaralyn seat. It's suspicious. Yeah. I think right. that's yeah. right. I think yeah. that made sense.
1: The one thing, though... And it just it goes back, and we we talked about this in the Ahsoka podcast uh, a little bit earlier, which is the I can't tell you, right? There's no time. Uh, the you know people withholding details mm-hmm. or e- explanations when it's the writer trying to drive action versus would that be the thing that the character does? Now I know Lan is kind of sworn to secrecy, and their whole yeah. Find I the I don't think that's mission. what this was.
2: I think that this was absolutely a a. Moraine. I am loyal to her. She's been keeping the secret for 20 years. I'm not going to be the one to blow the gasket on this. I think that that's what it is. It's loyalty. It's it's knowing Which that this could- is a clandestine operation
1: which I could see through to the end of it. But at the same time, it, it just felt that it felt like that, the writers doing that thing, which is, well, uh, you know, we don't have no time. We must rush now. So I'm not okay. going to fill you in on the the key details that might save your life when we get into conflict or something, you know, it's just, I'm very sensitive to that because I think it's a, I, it's I a hear device you. that gets overused.
2: I hear you. I think you're reading into this too much for this one though. Uh, Dang because I'm think- looking for Markley in the shadows, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's just that like, Moraine is one of the few people who knows that the last battle is coming very soon. And he's one of the few people who believes in the Black Aja. Like you saw how much it affected Raima later, Mm -hmm. you know, before who when she's like the Black Aja's is real. That's terrible. Mm
3: -hmm. And so
2: Moraine is probably suspicious of any sister that she's not 100% sure Mm -hmm. is on Mm -hmm. the side of the light. So even Alana, she's not going to trust all the way. Interesting. And that probably ran, uh, you know, rubbed off on land. Land is not sure if Alana and her warders can really be trusted with this kind of information.
1: I think, you know, w- I, I might know that intellectually in the show, but it, at some level, I guess I, I haven't felt it. Like, I don't feel like that's uh, an important operator in the way that they've told me okay. the story so far. So, you know. The, That's why we have podcasts. <laughs>
2: yeah, in the next on, it looks like we're going to go a little bit deeper into Moraine's backstory with how she okay. got involved with all this, and I think okay. that will help. I think that will help a lot.
1: And again, there's there's just so much world building and character setup that this show has to do that I can p- completely understand if certain things are maybe not uh, coming through off screen as strongly as something else, because there's a lot of co- there's a lot competing for my attention in this show. And I'm, and I'm trying to absorb a lot. So
2: yeah, I mean, you got to remember we're 1500 pages into the books right now. Right. Like mm-hmm. we even, even only on book two, we're halfway through book two here, maybe even more. We're, we're already 15 to 1800 pages into this story mm-hmm. and they've only had, you know, 15 hours to tell us this so far.
1: Exactly. That's and that's hours. what I'm saying. It's a yeah. lot, it's a lot, a lot of stuff to try to get nuance from.
2: Right. So it's it's tough because the book has so much more room to have those character moments. This is doesn't because that's the nature of the medium. But hey, podcasts help. Podcasts are your friends. They sure are. And here you are. So you don't need to be sold on them anymore. Let's move on. Rand has nightmares about killing his friends and is visited by Ishmael, who is kicked out by (laughs) Lanfear. Lanfear promises (laughs) to show Rand anyone he wants, and Rand chooses Egwene he learns she is imprisoned by Ishmael and promises to do anything to get to her. Wow, what a performance from Lanfear here. Yes. Because this whole, you know, too cool for school, then into the jealousy when he mentions Egwene, then back in control when he says I'll do anything.
1: Natasha wow, O'Keefe. what a range of emotion, of emotion. And when the way that they the costume that she has in this scene her hairstyle in this scene, her, you know, the, the presentation in this scene, I was hook line and sinker into this. This is this was great, um, and I loved the little looks that she had for Ishamel and their little, just the whole little tit for tatty kind of interaction. It was it w- all the while, well, Rand is having this emotional moment of I've just slaughtered all my friends. And now I got these two forsaken arguing over my soul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's funny because I think that, you know, all these characters in the world are terrified of the forsaken,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but the forsaken are very, you know, like I said, too cool for school and like, oh, you're here again, like so exhausted <laughs> with each other. <laughs> and, and she and throws it's that so look funny. She right.
1: totally throws that look when after she banishes him.
2: She's, She's basically like, ah. like, you are such a drama queen, Ishmael. Like, <laughs> can you stop with these like exercises in grief for Rand? It's so That's exhausting. Right. You're too much, man. And your Go little glitchy
1: editing, your little sort of cut, cut, cut. You know, sort of max headroom, sort of the stutter uh, going mm-hmm. on. So yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, I I love the I love Land fear. I love the relationship between the Forsaken. It's all great. Cool. All great. That's some of the best stuff in the show so far, and I'm glad that we're finally in that in season 2 because mm-hmm. we couldn't really be there in season 1 and mm-hmm. this is the stuff where I said, "David, we got to cover this show because right. it's just right. it's just that good with the enemies."
1: Right. And I think we're we're into the the meat of things right now. So, it's it's feeling for me better. It's not just fantasy stew, but oh, I'm starting to see the mm-hmm. shapes and the outlines of these different plots and character
2: right. developments. There's something new here, right? Yeah.
1: First, yes, and that's what I want. I want, yeah, keep me moving through the story. Keep me, keep, mm-hmm. keep me, keep what, keep singing to me like loyal does it to a tree.
2: Mm-hmm. So Rand visits Egwene in a dream. Do you, I. It's funny because it seems like this actually gives her a second win and keeps mm-hmm. her going a little longer and, and undefeated a little longer. Which and, is, that, and then that's terrible for her. Exactly. <laughs>
1: That's more pain and trauma for her.
2: I think one of the things in the Wheel of Time that is not the case in Lord of the Rings is that sometimes a good person does the right thing and it results in a tremendous ar- amount of pain. Mm. And that's not something you see in Tolkien. You see very in the Christian tradition, you do good deeds, you get rewarded, right? And this right. is this is you do good deeds, the forsaken are one step a- ahead of you and you are in trouble anyway.
1: You're playing into it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's, it's tough.
1: So we get the uh, prisoner in the next cell trope here with uh, Egwene.
2: Yes, we do. Um, did you Did you enjoy this usage of the trope?
1: <laughs> in the end, I was like, oh, okay. Because where was it that they showed us that actor before?
2: Yeah, so that was the sitter of the Blue Aja, who told Moraine she had to stay in Tarvalon and caused the whole exile thing from season one? Correct.
1: Got it. Okay, right. That's the last And, they, and I think they her. gave it to the gave it to us in the um previously on. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so she was she's been around, but not for a while.
1: Well, and that and what that does is it gives you the the weight the impact of uh, the fact that they can capture Aes Sedai and enslave them in this way.
2: A That's, sitter is basically a senator in the White Tower. They mm-hmm. are as high up as you can go without being the Amarlin or, or her number two.
1: Right. And you got to be a powerful channeler to, to to ultimately get there, right? You've got to be exactly. all yeah. kinds of things yeah. to, to get you there. And it's not a
2: powerful channeler, smart, good yeah. at politicking. Mm-hmm. And uh, she still got captured by these people. And as she basically says in the end, she got broken by them. Yeah, right. (laughs) You lasted longer than me. Which is,
1: yeah. Well, and then that's what they're building uh, Egwene and Nynaeve both as, as as extraordinarily powerful channelers.
2: Mm -hmm. And you kind of get by the end why she was repeating the rules of being Mm -hmm. a demone Mm -hmm. rather than engaging with Egwene. She wasn't doing it out of cruelty. She was actually doing it to try to ease Egwene's transition. Right. She's like, don't give her any hope because that's just going to hurt her more and she might die.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which is all great dramatic fodder, right? Mm-hmm. Great, great for tension and and stakes.
2: Right. I didn't really read the scene, but yeah, basically she get, awakens to the neighbor chanting uh, the rules and Elaine and Nynaeve debate next steps with Raima and try to figure out how the idom opens.
1: So... I'm intensely curious about the item, and I think there's another scene, a couple more scenes later on where they like, get into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll save it for that, because isn't yeah, I, it's fine. a scene later where where Nynaeve interprets it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's hold it.
2: All right. Well, David, speaking of holding it, let's take a break. <laughs> and when we get back, we'll head back to Kyrian. We're back. All right, let's move back to Kyrian. Barthanas brings Moraine the sandwich he made for her as a child. She's rude to him, triggering the wrath of Anvar, who attacks Moraine for missing their father's death and being like their mother. She tells Moraine to leave, but Moraine pulls rank. We see Moraine writing a letter to Swan.
1: Yeah. So more good backstory here, uh, and uh, going into the whole, um, you know, we as much as we like to try to deny it, um, you know, we're we are well, you know, it, assuming that we've had a, a a longer parental relationship or having a parental figure, we pattern off of them more than we like to admit sometimes. So mm-hmm. we uh, we. Go into that with with Moraine here, I think, and uh, that's interesting. Uh, again, more depth and and complexity to her character.
2: You know, as much as we criticize Rand for pushing his friends away, what's she doing here? <laughs>
1: she really is. Yeah, she's really doing it. And to pull the older sister rank, uh,
2: you know. Yeah, that was a dick move.
1: And I don't know that. Uh, Anvare wouldn't be able to counter it. Um, she owns this town and she, own, you know, she's got all the, the spy network and the, the, the relationships and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I was, I was surprised to, you know, by, by Moraine being able to, I, you know, seemingly successfully pulling that car, playing that card. So
2: I think it was more like, I can't believe you said that. I'm going to walk away now. And by the time they had had a chance to hash it out, he's already, you know, she's already hugging Bartholomew. Already apologized. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, families are complex, right?
2: They sure are. And Marine really was just, I think part of it is, as you said, she had not slept. And so she's just like, I can't even interact with you all right now. I can't play, you know, noble house, noble house with you right now. I have to go save the world.
1: And she's writing this letter to Suyan, who is um not only her you know her uh, her what's the appropriate word she's the boss of she's the she's seat, yep, yeah, the arm on the yep. seat. I'm gonna help um, you
2: right now by the way, with your pronunciation of this ready i'm gonna retype it for you, okay. Just say it, Swan. Swan. Thank Pretend you. Pretend <laughs> it's a bird. It's a stupid so, spelling, but yes, that is that is her name is Swan. with Swan.
1: And I mean, they and they're uh, in relationship to each other uh, intimately, right? As mm-hmm. uh, as uh, romantic and life partnery, whatever. I don't know how we would describe it in this yeah, world. Yeah,
2: right? yeah. They've they've. Added this for the show. In the books, they—I uh, think—they basically were probably a little flirty, perhaps involved with each other romantically as novices, but not beyond that. They are—they are not, um, you know, a couple in right. in the modern era. And I think that's less that they didn't like each other, and more that they were both focused on saving the world.
1: Well, and it gives Swan's position more. It makes Swan's position more precarious when Mm -hmm. the political machinations of other um, Aja and individual Aes Sedai are maneuvering we can feel the risk for both Moraine and Swan because they're having this secret affair so
2: right yeah I think uh, Swan's they're trying to show you that Swan is in a precarious position here in general you know there's a lot of infighting within the White Tower nobody's happy with each other there's signs that the that the end times are coming, that the last mm. battle is coming and nobody really knows what to do. Swan's got a secret plan. But again, another it's issue secret. in the show. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. It's secret. And she's pushing everybody away. And only Moraine knows and blah, blah, blah. There's reasons only Moraine knows. I won't go into them because I think they're going to show up next episode. But OK, yeah, I think um, it's it, a lot of a lot of problems in the Wheel of Time, as in many stories. It's not just a Wheel of Time thing are just people don't talk to each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that just yeah, anyway, (laughs) I know it can uh, be frustrating.
2: It It can be frustrating. Yep, moving on. Speaking of Swan, a, a Swan hears a horse approach her carriage and prepares daggers of air, but it's just Lan who says something has happened with Moraine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, Holt, who goes there? And, you know, okay, we get to see Swan flex a little bit. That's cool. Uh, Otherwise, it was, yeah, it was fine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, nothing really to say here. No. Rand asks Loghain to train him, saying Rand is Loghain's last opportunity to change the world. Rand almost burns out, but throws up before he does. Loghain is impressed by his power. Rand then sees Matt gambling at the foregate, and the two embrace
1: So is this the last time we're going to see Loghain, I wonder? I mean, I'm I'm asking this as a a show Mm -hmm. question you don't necessarily have to answer, but it doesn't feel like they've got much runway left for Loghain uh, now. So I don't know. It was a thought I had.
2: I've got to remain silent on that one. The wheel weaves. The wheel weaves.
1: Um, Yeah, Matt getting a little OP there.
2: Matt or uh, Rand?
1: Sorry, Rand. Rand. Rand, 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 Rand. Uh, I apologize. Rand. <laughs>
2: that's all right. Yeah, uh, Rand. Yes, getting a little bit OP. He couldn't control himself. Yeah, I think this is the first time he's ever properly embraced the source, right? Because mm-hmm. I've, I think I've talked about this before on this podcast, but in the in the books, they have this gendered approach to this magic, whereas women, and there is a lot of problems with this. This is Robert Jordan, not me. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> Women <laughs> have to submit to the right. female right. half of the source. Men have to dominate, essentially, the male half of the force. Of Which the is power. interesting
1: because Loghain says, you know, embrace it. I can't remember. Does he actually say surrender to it or he? saying – No, he says like,
2: take take it. He says later.
1: Later, Um, he says that he says at first to start, I guess, just to
2: embrace the sources, what people just say to, like you know, to connect to to it. Yeah, Yeah. connect to the force and then, you know, you can use it afterwards. That's not necessarily either direction of submission or or dominance. But then he
1: does. Yeah. And I always thought, oh, okay, well, you're surrendering yourself a little bit and you're getting close to it. And then Loghain's like, now, you know, he doesn't say this, but I'm I'm paraphrasing. He he specifically says
2: stop surrendering to it. He said you're surrendering to it. Take it. Take it for mm. yourself. Take the power, and that is the difference between Sidar and Sidine. Okay, and Sidine is the male half. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, problematic things abo- abound. But sure, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and and we can talk about that. But uh, my point is, this is the first time that Rand has actually. Properly embraced the mm-hmm. male half of the force of the. I keep saying the force we're doing Ahsoka. <laughs> the <know>. male <laughs> half of the power.
1: It's okay. It's all soup. It's it's sci fi and all fantasy soup. It's soup, right?
2: Yeah. Stew. Yeah. It's
1: a chunky stew. It's a hearty, healthy stew that uh, keeps you it warm on sure winter nights.
2: It sure is. But yeah, so this is, I mean, he's all of a sudden. Ooh, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just takes a little bit too much. We've heard in various parts of the show that, you know, you you draw too much of the power either side, male or female, and you will years. burn out. You could either kill yourself or you could uh you know lose the ability to channel. Yep. So Rand is playing with fire here, quite literally. Literally. And uh he almost burns out, but then he gets a little bit sick, he lets go and he throws up because of a taint.
1: We got two uh, two vomit scenes in this show,
2: so we love uh, in it. this episode. You know, we got we got plenty of vomit to go around.
1: It looked, uh, I, I, yeah, it, it seemed it 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 worked on me. It was like, oh yeah, that of course that would happen. That that seemed very natural mm-hmm. to have that much. Uh, adrenaline and and just having your nervous system overloaded in that way that's a very normal physiological
2: response mm-hmm. so. it's a puke for one special and um honestly <laughs> it's partially because there's the dark ones taint involved with interesting the male half of the force i'm so sorry i have to say it that way every time i talk to my <laughs> wife about the wheel of time you she laughs whenever i say the dark ones taint right <laughs> but and that's you what they it. call it
1: and you could see it in the magic weave right, that uh, right. it was random was that sort of black ribbon stuff that was coming through there. Mm-hmm. Every so. time
2: he channels a little bit more of this madness juice goes into him.
1: Right. Interesting.
2: Not great for Rand. Uh, we've got to do a combined scene next. That's okay. Rima and Elaine test the item. Uh, Rima tells Nynaeve and Elaine about the losses of Isidaya and Falma and and the capture of a blue sister, then Elaine calls Egwene her first friend.
1: Oh, isn't that sweet? Sure is. Um, it's interesting that Elaine um, and Nynaeve and... Um, uh, um,
2: I don't remember uh, which one you said Elaine. already. I know. <laughs> all the, the Ains.
1: Exactly. It was all getting muddled in my head. But anyway, the three of them, I like this little triumvirate, and I hope that they can... Find some balance with each other in terms of well, she was my friend first kind of thing.
0: Because the Wonder
1: uh, Girls, the Wonder Girls, Girls Elaine Girls. is uh, she's bringing it.
2: Yes, I think what a great addition to this cast because yeah. I think that Elaine is doing an excellent job. I'm not sure the name of the actor, but um, the the character is a great addition. One of one of the best characters in the books, I think. She has some problematic areas but she's not she's certainly one of the smarter characters the best politically minded character Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's great that they're portraying her this way in the show
1: yeah and uh i think it's um oh i'm not even gonna try to pronounce her name
2: oh it's a it's an irish name i think yeah yeah, and, and I don't want to do it.
1: No, nope, I'm not. I, I don't want to disrespect the the act. I think it's actually
2: uh, <laughs> Kira. It's not. It's not Kira. as hard as you think it is. Okay,
1: good. Because lo- I'm looking at these uh, this letter combo, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, uh, it could be Sierra, but I think it's Kira. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Anyway, she's she's doing great. I'm I'm really liking the the balance. She's bringing balance to the the force of Nainev and Delay. <laughs> I know
2: somebody's got to do it because Nynaeve right. is just is just a loose cannon over there. Yeah. Um, so we learn obviously, you know, there's a captured blue sister that leads into uh uh Megan, and, Megan sorry, uh later coming back right. in. But
1: there were three rings there. There was a a green, a blue, and uh what was the other color? Was it maybe a it brown? A
2: it was a gray. It was gray. It was gray. Gray Aja. That's yes, there's a gray Aja.
1: Oh, what do they do?
2: They are the uh the negotiators. Like they will negotiate peace treaties and whatnot between kingdoms.
1: Huh. Kind of diplomats.
2: Yes. they. Okay. You're, my kingdom's fighting your kingdom. The the White Tower sends a gray sister to come help us negotiate.
1: Got it. So we got a blue, a gray, and a green here and a yellow, right? So that would be if that was their mm-hmm. little strike team, their little, you know, alpha force or something, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to have uh, right. Uh, right. various... Uh, talent and skills and experiences and art. It sounds
2: yeah. like a and d party, right? You've got Completely. To You've got the bar to negotiate. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Uh- <laughs> got to have the fighter. Got to have some muscle.
2: Right. You got the healer. So, you got the cleric. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got everybody. We got everybody. All right. Rena tries to sell Egwene on her new Demane status. <laughs> she emphasizes that Egwene is neither a person nor a woman, but a powerful Demane. Mm-hmm. She teaches Egwene how to use the power to burn her favorite tree. When she asks Egwene to pour a cup of water, Egwene can't, and Brenna beats her.
1: Yeah, this was craziness. <laughs> the The makeup to the blood shot eye, the um, the reasonableness in the in her uh, conversation, the having her destroy something that she has an affinity or an interest in. All of it was
2: the just, last thing she has left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just one thing in the outside world, because that was the point, right. Is let go of the outside world. This is your world now.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and Rena is just methodical, you know, and, and then when she does um, physically abuse her, it's, she has this like regretful look on her face. Yeah, uh, like I, I'm, you know that. Oh, I hate this line, and I apologize for having to saying it, but I'm doing this for your own good, kind of vibe yep. to it. Yep, which yep. is just such a, a sickening, abusive attitude, and um, it really comes across the screen uh, very well in this.
2: You know, you get the sense that this isn't the first person she's done this to. Good.
1: <laughs> well, and for for them to give a Egwene to her. I would think that she's got to be a pretty powerful. Um, I'm Soldam. sorry. Suldam. Thank you. Yeah.
2: And she's one who has been successful in dealing with exactly. problem cases.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's, and, she's a specialist. And every time you notice she gives her, you know, again, not very human, but more like dog like compliments. Good girl. Mm-hmm. She's got, um, you know, this whole. uh didn't you feel our affinity together really tries to really tries to get her to you know bond with her really tries her to to get her to bond with her as her owner basically and it's really horrific but it's really like she does do the good cop bad cop thing
1: yep and she does it well
2: yep she is very practiced here Rand tells Matt that he faked his death when he learned he was the dragon reborn. When Matt learns that Egwene was captured, he says he will meet Rand at the foregate in an hour. Min confesses to Matt that she manipulated him and tells him to stay away from Rand if he doesn't want to kill him. One thing in this scene, I got to say, this new Matt, again, they we're still evaluating him, mm-hmm. but I did really love the uh someone's got to keep you level headed the dragon reborn <laughs> Just- <laughs> <laughs> right mocking yeah
1: i will say uh he hasn't lost me the the new actor hasn't hasn't uh i haven't um he's 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 brought it enough that i'm not um i'm not not liking what he's doing you know what i mean like he's he it's it's fine and there's nothing there's nothing so far that's given me pause I guess is a, no. is a way to say it. So he's he's getting there and and hopefully he'll get his feet under him. He does there is that um slightly puckish vibe that the other actor had that is missing slightly in him.
2: It's It's, it's the Mallow effect.
1: Yeah, it must be.
2: Yeah, so, I want I want a Hobermallow Matt and you know, I I will say Mallow in the book is nothing like Matt, so I'm going to give it to wheel of time for coming up with this character first, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do miss Barney as Matt. I think he was a great Matt, but we're not getting him back. So I'm going to do my best to appreciate this new Matt.
1: And this new Matt has a little bit more emotional depth that he's showing. He's less, Uh, yeah, you know, less, less, um, uh, what's the word callous. Maybe there's a less of a callousness, I think. And sure. more of a guy who's just out for a good time as opposed to a guy out to be chaos. You know, the reason I, you know, to being more chaos, more of an agent mm-hmm. of chaos than the previous Matt. So, I don't but know. But you we'll had see.
2: Hobart Mallow and Foundation pretty deep by the end. Yeah. And uh, that was that was a comic relief character at the beginning that really sure. earned some depth. And I think yeah. that's, that's what sells you on Matt in the books is Matt is someone who continually – tries to make himself out to be the jokester and the guy who doesn't take anything seriously, but in the end you can count on him.
1: Okay. Anyway, so, I, he hasn't lost me. So I'm, I'm yeah, in for it. So
2: I think they haven't really given him a lot to work with yet. They've, how many lines has he had? Like a, a, probably a dozen. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot,
1: a lot of work for him yet to do. So yeah. So no, let's, no let's
2: again, reserve our judgment, but I've, I've, let, I've enjoyed a lot of the lines he's delivered. So we'll see as they, give him more as they get him out of his depressive episode. We uh, will hopefully get more from
1: this when after. they when he, the whole thing of I promise one hour I promise I double double pinky swear promise. I'm like, OK, yeah, <laughs> you're
2: exactly. telegraphing. I know, I you're,
1: you've just telegraphed exactly what's going to happen. That's fine. It works. It's fine.
2: One hour, not one minute longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to Moraine apologizing to Barthanas for her rudeness. She tells him he'll be a wonderful king Anver arrives and tells Moraine that the Amarlin seat has come with 14 Aes Sedai to see her.
1: That was a pretty quick, um, you know, well, we don't have a sense of time here. So, you know, mm-hmm. for her to to show up with, uh, uh, you know, with force, that's uh, pretty significant.
2: There's a, a great detail in book two, and I don't think we're ever going to get this. So there's Ooh. a great detail in book two that uh, Swan is trying to get back to the white tower as quickly as possible after visiting Moraine somewhere. And she has the channelers changing the weather to make sure that the wind is blowing. So they go up river <laughs> faster. Right. Fair enough. And they, they talk about how it actually messed up crops for the local farmers and they've <laughs> right. had to send provisions.
1: <laughs> so, um, question if Moraine sent a letter out to Swan, did that letter go out and miss Swan? So is Swan, or did Swan come because she got the letter? I don't have a sense of time.
2: I couldn't uh, tell what they were doing with the seal there. Uh huh. I well, I not only tell. the seal,
1: but just when. Okay, so I I give it to you know the the uh, the servant in the house to get it mailed. And then suddenly, boom, the 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 um, swans there, Mm -hmm. Ammerlin seats there with 14. So she had to pull um, Leandrin from the White Tower.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm a little confused about the timing. I mean, it's fine. I, you know, I just it's just there's there just were not enough clues as to how fast the clock was ticking.
2: Yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, I don't think I'm not sure Moraine ever sent the letter because I think she couldn't. Figure out a way to tell her that. No, she, she gave it to the the house. Servant. Oh, she did. Okay, yeah. I missed that then. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's, it's sloppy. It's a little sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Not.
1: A big we're deal. we're there. We're, we 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 can make sense of it. We can. There's enough there for us to not get lost. Too lost.
2: So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia and I were discussing anything to do with the fourteen eyes to die. If that was significant. Mm. We really couldn't tell. I mean, in the books it's thirteen to, to still or gentle someone. Mm. And um here but but in the in the show they've explicitly said it's eight.
0: So okay. it's
2: not thirteen. Because we were thinking it's a thirteen plus swan. um and they, but it's not. It's not.
1: And they specifically say it's not like, hey, the Amberlin seats here with their entire retinue, right? It's mm-hmm. no fourteen.
2: Yeah, right? it's very weird. It's very weird that they did it this way. I don't know. I can't tell. Maybe we'll see what happens. Um, Let's go back to the foregate where Rand waits for Matt. But when Matt doesn't show up, he sets off alone while Matt watches from the shadows. Land stops Rand from leaving the city.
1: So this is where, again, it's like, you know, Matt, you know, look, Rand. You know that there's there's bad stuff going on, and it's we're being set up, and you got to run. I'm going to run this direction. You run the other direction. Instead, he's crying in the shadows, and oh, my friend, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's just I, I get as you said, as you know, I, as I said, it's just a little tiresome sure. sometimes.
2: Well, but see, this is where I was a little bit refreshed actually, was because I okay. expected I expected the shadow thing and i was a little exhausted at that point i was like mm-hmm. we're really going to do the matt runs away thing again right but then land stops ran and keeps him in the city now we've got possibilities now okay. we have the possibility for something interesting with matt you mean
1: the future can be changed the timelines the future can, be? can be changed
2: well <laughs> i don't know it's not the That's same a foundation, thing as foundation. Of, it's not yeah. the same thing as foundation don't count on that in the wheel of okay Time. all right yeah cool cool um uh, we have more combined scenes. Well, I'm I'm combining all the scenes with Rima and then all the scenes with Rena and Egwene okay. into into two different blocks. So here's the Rima Nynaeve stuff. Rima asks Nynaeve to add a trickle of power to the Idom to test it. Nynaeve Whoops. accidentally channels <laughs> enough to attract the Shanshan. Rima gives Nynaeve the great serpent rings, including her own, and goes down with the warder to fight off the Shanshan. Though they're able to kill many Shanshan. Uh, The warder is killed, and the Aes Sedai is collared.
1: Yeah. So this is where we get to talk about the Adam.
2: Yes, you can finally talk about it. (laughs) You you have my permission.
1: (laughs) So um, she says, Nynaeve says that it's like the arches, or was that Elaine who said that? Anyway, somebody said that. And that... So, so that t- what I took away from that, right? So I'm I'm listening for the the what they're trying to tell me in in world and the world building, that these things are ancient, that these things are somewhat unknowable or uh, un, un un in understandable by um, by the you know uh, us people that are here contemporaneously, um, that. So then that made me think, well, how many are there of these things? Can they be made? Is there, is there a limited set of these things? Mm-hmm. And then this idea that to be complete, this thing has to be collared to a woman. That And I was like, okay, that's effed up, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. who the hell made these things? Well, they They're told you. evil. They um, tell
2: you in one of uh, Renna's speeches. She they? says an Aes Sedai invented this.
1: I missed that detail. Okay. Yes.
2: So um, they. I thought it was an Aes Sedai.
1: Got, I got this off of another Aes Sedai or something. I, I guess. No, I they, an Aes okay.
2: Sedai invented the I Ooh, that's and, n- oh. And they can be made. There is okay. an unlimited supply of these. You can make them. The Shanshin know how to make them. <sighs> Tough stuff, huh? But then why is it like the arches? It's like the arches because they're both Terangrial. So they're both items that you can channel the power through to use.
1: Okay. Huh, it's OK, not.
2: it's not that and they're for a single purpose. It's not like uh, diff- there's other kinds of devices. I'm not going to go into it right now. Okay. But anyway, this is these okay. are things that have a specific purpose that you can channel. You can use the power through or they can use the power. Some of them don't require to use any power to go through them. Some of them require multiple people to use it. These ones seem to operate. You close it on somebody who can channel and it works.
1: Interesting. OK. All right. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of detail there that I don't know that um, without a podcast you would necessarily pick up on.
2: Sure. But they did explicitly say an Aes created In this. Invented this. Okay. And yeah. uh, guess what they did after they were done coloring everybody?
1: Uh, I don't. Do I want to know? <laughs> they colored her. They oh, colored of course. They the creator. Yeah. 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 Makes sense, right? Yeah. We keep getting this one um, uh, Damane, this young girl looking, uh, this one Damane who looks mm-hmm. very young, the blonde one,
2: with yeah, the, with the they, gag.
1: Yeah, we keep and what? Yeah, what's up with the 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 vocal gag thing? That's a so whole that's other.
2: apparently something that was actually used in in real world slavery in some cultures. Okay, and they took it from that. Okay. And some people are saying, well, it's not really working in the show, but I guess that's just something that they took from real world culture. All right.
1: Additive to, to, um, further indicate the, the bondage that that person's mm-hmm. under. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's just show creation. Whatever. It,
1: it, as a, as a non-book reader. Yeah. It, it works for me in that, in that sense of like, yeah, well, this is really messed up. These people are really, you know, yeah,
2: it definitely dehumanizes them even yeah. further. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's um, and and the heartbreaking thing is, Rima would rather be dead than wear one of those, and yeah right. she and yet, failed to die.
1: Yeah, don't hesitate, man. When <laughs> when the baddies are right there and your partner is saying, "Put one in me," you don't hesitate. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, le- rules uh, rules of the game. You know, but uh, lorehound style. You know, don't hesitate when that happens.
2: <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, well, let's hope we never get in that situation, no. David. Um, anyway, um, yes. Ryan so,
1: messes up this one uh, Dom too. With oh, this. it's
2: terrifying. These yeah. leaves where she's just, I I said to I said to Alicia, how did she learn to do this when she's of the le- yellow Aja? Mm-hmm. They're not trained to battle. And she goes, you can mend a bone. You can break it. Exactly. Right? And I was like, that's a good point. That was a really exactly. good point. Exactly.
1: That's what I thought when I was like, I was like oh, yeah, yellow archers healers, right? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. If you have knowledge, um, you can. Yeah, it, it totally made sense to me in that regard, too. Yeah.
2: Speaking of healing, we learn from Nynaeve's little experiment that, um, you know, it's it's it needs to be healed by being as uh, being on a woman. And then yes. she's like, you, but you can't remove it. Right. Yeah. But then earlier you have a line by Rena where she says it can't be removed, not by you. Yeah, right. So, and, it does seem like there's an opening here.
1: They they do tw- twice that I got signals that it could be removed, and that's a MacGuffin esque thing. You know, something down the road, we'll we'll figure out how it's how that's possible.
2: Mm-hmm. How long do are you willing to allow going to be enslaved before it will start to bother you?
1: Ooh, can they go into next season with her still being collared? That's an interesting question. I don't know. Can they get, well, what, or can they get her out? Well, yeah. So that's a question is, is if they did quote unquote rescue her and got her away, how far, what's the effect of the Adama? If you're not next to your, your, your soul mm-hmm. like what's it's the not, relationship so it's not, um, there?
2: It's not, uh, it's not like it affects every soul around her. It's that the reason she couldn't hold her, Um, hurt when when she wasn't wearing it was just because she couldn't touch the thing when it wasn't a weapon. Because it was a weapon.
1: But if you're a hundred miles away from your souldom and you're still wearing your collar, whether or not she's got her greaves, you know, forearm guard thing or not, just can you get away? Like, what if you went across the sea? Like, what if you went? uh, You know, you're not connected to
2: that souldom anymore, but you're still with the collar. And there's actually, um, they don't explicitly say in this. They do show that she can't touch it. But uh, you can't move it. You can't move the the leash. Right. The leash, uh, which they have as this sort of
1: forearm, um, forearm guard thing. Right. If
2: if that exists, you can't move it. So she won't be able to move unless one of the other girls wears her. Okay, Unless they get it off. Right. So that's that's the thing. They really need to get it off. Otherwise, one of them is going to have to wear her the whole time interesting one of them's gonna have to hold the leash, right it's a set
1: right yeah you gotta go with it so Mm -hmm. they could get her they could spring her from the kennel
2: but could they figure out how to do that later yeah but you gotta
1: have the the leash as well as Mm -hmm. as the person interesting okay
2: right yeah they didn't say that exactly in the show but they did show she could not touch it so i think it's kind of implied okay Anyway, let's move back to Rena since we're already discussing it. Anyway, Rena tells Egwene to pour the water. She hangs her on the Idom hanger
0: and Ugh, nearly kills needle. her,
2: telling her there's nothing left besides her life as a Demane. Egwene is broken and successfully pours the water, which Rena pours on the floor. <laughs> Egwene shugs water from the pitcher and cries out. Megan, her blue sister, comforts her from the next room.
1: Yeah. The pouring out of the water was just a, a great way to end this scene. Just the brutality, the inhumanity. It was uh, it. It it had a punch. Uh, yeah, it was good.
2: Yeah. How was she eating this whole time? Uh, I don't know. Because she can't touch anything she thinks is a weapon. Right, right. Does well, can I kill you a with, a,
1: with a banana? <laughs>
2: yeah, maybe they just don't give her a plate. Maybe they just like throw slop on the floor. Right. Not anyway. great to think about.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, yeah. How did she survive this time? I don't know. But anyway, the point is, uh, she's in a terrible situation. Let's hope yeah. she gets out soon. And uh, for now, that's the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, that was a rough one.
2: Sure was a good
1: one, but a rough one. You know, a yes. Good great and a rough writing
2: one. about terrible events.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: All right, David. Time for some feedback.
1: Yes, we have two emails.
2: Would you like to lead us through them?
1: Sure, I can do that. Uh, Joe K is first up from Germany. Says, hey there, Lorehounds. This is Joe writing from Germany. Been listening to you guys uh, since you guys linked up with Bald Move. Thanks for the content. Uh, That helps uh, reflecting my own thoughts while watching the episodes. I got to say that I really enjoyed having a non-reader and a versed reader. Great format. I myself am somewhere in the middle, having read the first three books and then jumping onto the series now. Yeah, I think this idea um, that we have, and then with Alicia, I think really rounds out the full coverage. And so for a show like this, I think it, you're you're right, Joe. It's nice for us to have a full spectrum uh, mm-hmm. response. So, so there's a there's so much going on. It's it's a, it's a lot.
2: Right. All
1: right, Joe continues. First off, enjoyed your small conversation on white asparagus. We got so much feedback about white.
2: People I know, were talking people were about it on, the on the Discord. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> white hilarious. asparagus. It's the new thing.
1: It is. It's it's the new old thing. It's been around. <laughs> As a German, I never really thought about the fact that seemingly white asparagus is somewhat "quote unquote" regional thing. But you guys were on point comparing it to pumpkin season. It's all over the supermarkets once it comes around. And it is a real treat. You can safely call it a delicacy, and it tastes different from the green asparagus. You, if you have a chance, try it. Yeah, people in France, people in you know Alicia was saying in the Netherlands. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a big thing. I'll, it'll be interesting to see if it if eventually comes to the United States in any significant way.
2: Yeah, you know, I gotta say, I have two small kids, and I'm not leaving the continent anytime soon. But <laughs> When I do eventually move continent again, and Germany is on my list of places to visit. I will definitely seek this out.
1: You could grow it yourself. You just got to keep covering the sprouts up until they uh, as they grow. That's all. I won't all, be covering do.
2: sprouts as as long as we're covering <laughs> all these shows.
1: <laughs> it's true. All right, Joe continues. I enjoyed the season way more. I enjoyed season two this season. That's uh, sorry. The the second season is what he's saying than season one. One thing I wanted to point out uh, that I really struggle with some of the actors' performances. Mainly, everyone is great, especially moraine Ishmael, and others are really showing up. Having said that, I can't, enjoy, I can't enjoy Egwene's actress. She kills every scene for me in a negative sense. Oh, that's sorry. Um, her, uh, E.g. her grievance scene with Matt watching. Also, Rand and Perrin are real problems for me. I understand that these are supposed to be teenagers growing into adults in this harsh world, but I barely shake my discontent with the acting. Would love to hear your thoughts regarding my criticisms on the performance. Is uh, Performances. Anyway, keep on going on. Bye, Joe. Thanks, Joe, for writing in. We appreciate hearing from across the way. John, thoughts on performances?
2: I think if you don't like Egwene after this episode, which you didn't see before you wrote this, Joe, you don't like Egwene after this episode, you're not going to like her. (laughs) Mm. Because I think this is one of her best performances so far. I think, mm. you know, it's it's horrific, but I think she's really nailing the emotion. The,
1: yeah, she you know, sells the, the physical. physical
2: acting. Yep, yeah. yep. So um, I hope you do enjoy it. And, and I hope you'll write in to let us know if you do. Rand and Perrin, I think um, you're just going to have to stick with it for a little longer. <laughs> I, I too, am bothered by mostly Perrin, but a little bit Rand. And their mopiness, but they, it's part of their arcs, right? It's part of them. Mm. You know, they've it's not just teenagers growing into adults in the harsh world, it's teenagers with permanent changes to their bodies in the form of one going mad and one turning into a wolf, mm-hmm. you know, having to deal with that on top of growing up in a harsh world, right? It's right. it's you know, Ren is afraid he's going to kill everyone he's ever loved, and that's horrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Perrin is like, do I have to go man versus wild now? Do I have to become, you know, Wolfy? <laughs> Wolfy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do I, can I, can I save myself from the inner wolf? Right. I think yeah. that's his, that's his thing. So I hope you'll stick around with them. Cause I think that there are some, and I, and you've read the book, so you know, more than, more than David does at this point, but it's, um, there's there's a lot going on with those it, two and there will be more.
1: It can be tough too. When it when an actor, when it's the, if if one actor, but then if there's multiple actors keep taking you out of the verisimilitude, I can understand. And then temptation, like oh, I'll just look at my phone in, during this scene, or and you miss stuff, and so I get it. Um, I can just fingers crossed that you can, you know, get through. And and that is that's that there's a certain amount of subjectivity in in terms of believing a, a performance. So mm-hmm. for you know, example, I,
2: I don't really like Rosamund Pike's performance of Moraine, and you seem to. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah yeah all, all right, well, right thanks
1: joe yeah for sure all right next up is Duve 71 a lore master friend of the pod uh Doove, good to see you uh you know um Doove has just been so faithful in writing into the foundation and he finally got an email in for for uh wheel of time so I'm glad you made it over Duve. he says hi david and john finally i've made it to wheel of time i'm glad i got here As always, Sterling coverage, gents, especially with all the other deep dive shows you are putting out. Some context to my Wheel of Time journey. Whilst a prolific fantasy, horror, and sci-fi reader, especially during the 70s and 80s, Robert Jordan and the Wheel of Time somehow completely passed me by. The 90s was a pretty full-on time. I was in the military at the time and traveling all over the world, so was crazily consuming written content. So I'm flabbergasted that I never came across uh, the books. Um, dove same thing I, I have no idea how I missed Jordan um it, the same same thing i it was I was the right demographic I was the right uh mm-hmm. target market and I it, it wasn't even like oh, I bounced off I read him and I didn't really like him mm-hmm. I, I had no clue that these existed
2: so. I think part of it is that uh Jordan may have started publishing these in the early 90s but they didn't really get huge until the early 2000s mm-hmm. And so, and for me, you know, when I was in the yeah. 2000s,
1: I was living abroad um, uh, for most of, yeah, for all of the 2000s, really, so.
2: All right. Well, yeah, so you missed the wheel of time.
1: Yep, such as it is. Anyway, uh, he continues, book one was a bit of a slog for me, and I do recall John saying once you get past the first book, it starts to take off, and I can definitely back that up. Book two gripped me all the way through, and I started to get a feel for the world I was visiting and am enjoying book three now.
2: So I'm there you glad go, to John. hear that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So back to season two of the show. Uh, Wheel of Time is now a favorite in the Duve household. And it it's it's appointment viewing for myself and Mrs. Duve. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I'm well, I'm I'm glad you're if your spouse is enjoying it too. It's always fun when when you guys can get together on a on a same show. We don't I don't watch this with my spouse. So we do watch Ahsoka though. Mm. Um not having the deep connection with the books means I have been enjoying the changes the show runners are making while still having enough knowledge to be able to add a bit of background when my wife is confused over names, locations, and motivations, etc. Uh Continues. I will say though that there are some simple errors that creep into the production. You highlighted, for example, the name drop of Elias. So I would flag that Ishmael, not the dark one, as a problem for viewers jumping into the Wheel of Time show. You need to onboard the casual viewer to build up a solid audience if you're going to go multi-season, and I worry that the show isn't doing enough to keep that audience loyalty. Interesting.
2: John? I think, uh, yeah, I think I think what is saying here, it's it's phrased in a way that it was a little ambiguous, but I think what is saying is they really needed to make more explicit that they thought that Ishmael was the dark one, Mm -hmm. And at some point, for some reason, Moraine determined that that was not the case. Mm -hmm. And I I agree with you, Dube. I don't think they actually made clear why Moraine made that determination. Mm -hmm. Because I think she doesn't make that determination fully until after until the end of book three. Okay. And I I don't know if they earned that here. But at the same time, I didn't want another season where we're pretending he's the dark one because I think that. I don't think that Ferris Ferris is dark one energy. I think he's Ishmael energy. And I think that's why he was a little frustrating to me in season one, but I really like him in season two.
1: I think for me, if going into a season three and then they're going, oh, Ishmael's not really the dark one. I'd be a little bit maybe upset. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm happy that, it was a quick turn. Like you don't want to keep those. We've been burned before by other shows and you don't want to, you don't want to play unfair with folks. I mean, I know Goyer, David Goyer, the showrunner for foundation uh, has talked a lot about that is how far can we go with certain of these things? And as you know, and then a lot of the responses, well, as long as things are on the table and we can make the safely make deductions and, and things get paid off on at a, regular schedule then it's better i think there's better mm-hmm. audience engagement yeah. um and i would say too do uh, i'm if i were not doing a podcast would i still be watching this show i'm not sure where i come down on that question um there's you know what else is on can i you know how much of the world building and the super fantasy like this is really pumped up fantasy right And I don't know if I would have, if I was a casual fan, if I would have checked out or if I would have stuck with it at this point, I don't know.
2: It's tough when you have Ahsoka and Foundation at the same time, and those are both operating at a really high level.
1: And then if something else comes along and then you're like, oh, well, just, you know, and then it just gets pushed aside. It's it's a dangerous trap that when we have as much content on demand as we want. So that's, I think that's part of the inherent uh, market forces that are uh, affecting us these days.
2: Right. Right.
1: So, all right. Uh, continuing, saying that though this season is fire in terms of driving us to some of the key set pieces of the books, and oh, saying that though this f- season is fire, got it. I, I get it. What he's saying now uh, in terms of driving us to some of the key set pieces in the books, and I really hope they give us the denouement of book two, as that would be awesome end to the season, and really want us salivating for season three. John, is this? Uh, are you vibing with uh, Duve here on this?
2: I would love the, to see the climax of book Two be the season finale. I think it'd be a great season finale. Okay.
1: Do you, do you feel like we're still on target for season? Yeah, we could like definitely that? get there. We could absolutely okay. get there. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, he concludes, as in some of the other pods for shows like Foundation and Ahsoka, where we're nitpicking because we're enjoying what these shows are giving us and the criticisms come from a place of love and respect for the art that these people are giving us. Looking forward to hearing more of you guys. Oh, by the way, loved the dad energy on the sauciness on display in the season. I've been there. The cringe will pass. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I think sure he's saying
2: I, how I, I've, I've – it's more me being vocal about not really caring for the very sexualized nature of some of these characters. Oh,
1: right, right. Yes, beyond yes. Beyond
2: the books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and it it kind of went away this episode, and it was it did refreshing. It was, <laughs> it was refreshing a, it, to me.
1: It was a, it was a different kind of energy in this one.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah, I don't I don't think it would have. I think it would have been a little whiplashy if you went to that from <laughs> a lot of these scenes.
1: All right, Duve signs off. Duve somewhere in Randland. Uh, thanks, Duve. <laughs> thanks always for for writing in, and uh, we look forward to hearing some more of your thoughts and uh, you know. Um, can I Opinions say, as David, we wrap up the season. Yes, sir.
2: Can I say that I really want to make a parody of Graceland by Paul Simon with Randy? Uh-huh. Rand, but Paul Simon is the most litigious of all musicians and I just don't want to go near any of his music. <laughs> <Okay>. So, <laughs> I want everyone to know that I would have done that and you can write don't write to Paul Simon. Don't write to Paul okay. Simon, don't even put us on his radar. But um, <laughs> I, I wish I could. Cool. All right.
1: Well, that's it for our feedback. Um, I guess some quick uh, outro programming notes about what we're up to. Uh, you want to fill us in on uh, on the madness that is the triple blessings of the of the lorehound life? Well, the days. triple blessings
2: are basically over, but we've got one more Foundation podcast coming out. We've already recorded it. It's the season wrap. Marilyn Arpuquila, Maester Anthony, everybody's here. Everybody's here. We, we brought the gang together to have a conversation about this great show. It was really deep, talked about a lot of religious themes, a lot of historical themes, and I had a great time. And I know you probably did too, David.
1: Yes, it has been, um, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun.
2: Ahsoka has been extremely good. This last episode was absolutely fantastic. And I hope you'll join us over there. We had a great time talking about that earlier, and uh, that episode's already out before this this one even comes out. So if you missed that, go back (laughs) or go to our main feed if you're on the Wheel of Time feed. Um, Other than that, we've got a second breakfast coming out for patrons sometime next week. Uh, And then next month, we're going to start going back to our ongoing shows, as well as Loki. You'll be covering season two with Jean and Alicia.
1: That's right. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber and you're curious about what the second breakfast thing is, John and I talk about uh, life a little bit. We talk about some things that we're watching that we don't, that we're not podcasting about. We up, give updates on, on the, our podcast on, on what's going on with Lorehounds, And then we do two fun things. Always. We kind of talk about uh, a breakfast topic and this month it's all about toast And there's been a lot of active conversation on the discord about toast and with crusts uh, or not or butter or what kind of bread. And then we also usually pick a movie uh, and we alternate between one month. John will pick a movie and then I'll pick one. But we have these running lists and then the Patreons get to vote on the on the final three. And then we watch that and then we talk about it uh, on the podcast. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun um, Patreon interaction. So if you're looking for a reason to subscribe, that's yet another reason.
2: Yeah, we've got free trials now. So if you just want to go check out Second Breakfast, see if it's for you, then head on over there and get a seven day free trial right now. However, there's a lot of people without free trials who are our $10 lore masters who contribute our top tier and they keep our wheel turning. I don't know. I was looking (laughs) for something there. (laughs) I was looking looking for something there. Uh, It's getting late now. So those are Samarshan, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71 Brian8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., DJ Miwa, Andra B., Kwangyu, Yu, Laura G., Deadeye Jedi Bob, Nathan T., Alex V., and Aaron T., Woo! Thank you so much, everyone, for uh filling in all the gaps in the wheel of time.
1: Indeed. Uh, and we appreciate all of our subscribers, no matter the level. Uh, it's great to have such a generous and supportive community around Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Again, there's the Discord. If you want to interact with other lorehounds folks, always send us emails. You know, we everybody gets in on the email game, on the feedback. So so definitely. Let us know how you're enjoying or not enjoying the shows. Uh, But again, uh, we really appreciate all of the support. It makes a big difference for us.
2: Absolutely. Well, this was a great episode of TV, David. Uh, I had a great time talking to you about it, but there's one more person I've got to check in with. Indeed. uh, (laughs) We're going back in time here. So we recorded the White (laughs) Tower segment first uh, with, with Alicia, and I talked with her for about 40 minutes um so you are going to sign off here i'm going to talk with alicia for a little bit and then we will go into our spoilers but david may the wheel be with you i don't know <laughs> i don't know we're, we're going somewhere
1: the wheel in the sky keeps on turning there's a good exactly. uh, <laughs> all if right you could do that song you could do that you could do a parody song with that
2: there you go okay okay well have fun with alicia ciao hello alicia sadai back at the white tower
0: and uh John said I have the brown aja because I refuse to gender this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. David had to leave us. So we are just the two of us, but I figured let's get some spoiler-free thoughts out of the way before we hit the White Tower segment altogether. What'd you think, Alicia?
0: Yeah, overall I think this was a really powerful episode. I mean, it's it's like that um darkest before the darkest before he who comes with the dawn. Um you know, or as they say, <laughs> as they say, you know, the hero's journey parlance, uh, like the dark night um, of the soul or the all is lost moment. Um, right, right. But there's a couple of bright spots, but there's one scene especially that I'm going to be replaying over and over again later because it just makes me smile.
2: Okay. Which scene is that?
0: Um, are, are, we're before the spoilers, right? Oh, for the episode. of before Force, the spoilers. Yeah. Before the book spoilers, c- but no, yeah. Yes, yeah, just- so you can
2: still talk about the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. It's it's the Rand and uh, Matt reunion.
2: Oh, that was great. Yeah. But I also had in the back of my head the whole time okay, but this is a setup.
0: Yeah. But I, I you know, I'm glad that Min came clean and um, I didn't like Matt ducking out. I'm really hoping that next week is just going to be the messiest possible wedding where all the Aes Sedai are there. We've got, you know, Matt and Min crashing. We've got Lanfear crashing.
2: Yeah. Man, that that sounds great, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't even think about that. So that sounds really fun.
0: Yeah, fingers Um, crossed. I think, yeah. But in any case, they're earning the finale. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think think it's going really well. I think this is the show is really showing how unique the Wheel of Time is now.
0: Right. Compared
2: to other fantasy shows. I think, you know, season one, just like book one, is very much Tolkien soup. And mm-hmm. you just gotta mm-hmm. eventually break free of that with the Wheel of Time. And they're finally doing that. I think the the Damane stuff, while being horrifying, is some of the strongest writing Robert Jordan did in these early books.
0: He's yeah. really
2: capturing the feelings of Egwene and turning that into a formative moment for her. So I um I'm really excited to see her. Through that journey, I guess we have to wait for book spoilers for the rest. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going really well. I'm still not a fan of some of the musical choices. I think that really? it's, a, it's a little modern for me. Okay. But it's not ruining it for music.
0: me. Um, okay. I, for me, it really enhances it. Well, especially this episode.
2: Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's so, like, modern sounding that I feel like I'm on TikTok and, I, and that just bothers really? me. Really?
0: Okay. But I don't. I don't find that, but I I liked, for instance, with Egwene, um, how they had her theme repeating, but then it was sort of breaking down as it went. Okay, okay,
2: fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a preference thing. Like, it didn't like ruin it for me. I just, I, I, I think I'm just a little bit of a purist with that with fantasy. I like, I like fantasy things to sound like they're from a medieval setting if they are or medieval settings. You know.
0: Yes. Well, this is our future as well as our past.
2: Indubitably. All right. All right, uh, Alicia, I think it's time we give the big spoiler warning. So you and I are going to talk full book book spoilers for all 14 novels plus the prequel. I know you just say 15, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep separating it out. We're going to talk everything Wheel of Time in literature. Don't
0: put New Spring in the corner. <laughs>
2: well, anyway, uh, we will be in the corner of the White Tower after this break. And we're back. One more warning. We are talking full book spoilers down to the last moment in the series. So uh, please, if you have not read the books, if you don't want to be spoiled, turn off the podcast. We got plenty of other shows going on. But if you're here for the spoilers, welcome to the White Tower. Alicia, what's first on the agenda today?
0: Uh, well, I mean... I, I think the soul of this episode was the Sean Sh- Son- and and especially Egwene's journey, which, by the way, she kept her name. She wasn't called Thule. Um, what did you think of that change?
2: Oh, I actually forgot about the Thule name, honestly, because I remembered that, um, you know, Renna originally goes, yeah, you can keep your name. And Thule was after she was resistant about everything, right?
0: So you think Thule's coming later? I don't know, because she kind of purposefully said um, you can keep it. And I, I just figured that it was throwing the new audience a bone, you know? They're like, okay, we're not going to make you learn yet yet another name that you only need to remember for like two episodes for this character.
2: Landfear Celine, whoever she is.
0: Well... Okay, that, that that had more of a plot reason.
2: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but I, I think that's right. I think it's it's good that they are keeping it a little bit simplified on you only have to remember this many names.
0: Yeah, because it's easy to get out of control, as, as David would say. Right. Um, I
2: see your notes talking about Rena being excellent.
0: Yes, I thought, yeah, that she really nailed that. That mix of where she's like, you know, I'm the nice one until then she beats her. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, in the book, the most apt description was Egwene realizes she's being talked to like a dog who obeyed. Right. And that was when she says good girl. I was yeah. like, Oh boy, that is right on point. I, they are nailing it. uh, Renna has huge eyes by the way like i i I could not believe how how big her eyes were,
0: <laughs> yes, well, but, I mean uh yeah, the there's a lot of thirst after the actor, uh Zelia Mendez Jones
2: yeah she she's playing her really well. um, I can't tell the accent, it doesn't sound quite American, but it sounds like she's trying to be american is she where's she from? Do you know,
0: yeah. Um, I, I was pretty sure that she, that the actor, that they are American, but I, I I don't really know. Um, but I know, yeah, that everyone in the cast was told to pick, pick any American accent basically.
2: All right. Well, good job, Rena.
0: Yeah. And, and Rena also brings up that the Adam was uh, invented by an Aes Sedai, which is true, but not one in the books. It's not one of the white tower. It's one who was in, uh, Shan Chan already who was, you know, um, who grew up there and there they enslaved each other, basically. Right. Well, Um, actually, because didn't
2: did any Aes Sedai go over with Luther Pendrag?
0: Um, I mean, probably. I honestly am not I'm not certain. So if anyone, if anyone knows, please write in and tell us. Um, yeah, I don't
2: know, because I, I remember I was reading about this the other day because Jean asked from the MCU podcast. He asked, you know, what's the deal? Did they did they conquer anyone when they went to this new continent? And it said on the wiki, and I completely forgot about this. I think it's put, put out there in later books that I just haven't reread recently. And um, it, it was it was said that there were kingdoms largely ruled by Aes Sedai. Yes. Um, so but there were Aes Sedai before there was the White Tower. So I think I think you're right. This may be yes. a change.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I wonder if we're going to see, see more of that. I, I would love to see more of Shantron. I'd love to see more of Shara later. Um yeah, just keep expanding the world.
2: Yeah, Shara is probably the biggest wasted opportunity in the whole series. That and and I think a little bit with the the Sea folk, but I think more in Shara because we get almost nothing with them and then they just show up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I, I was really like, I eat up those chapters in the end where you learn about their culture because they they tell us so little and it's so intriguing because they're behind this wall of secrecy.
2: Right, um, exactly.
0: But anyway, yeah, so the it was Deanne Sadai who invented the item, just in case there's a Wheel of Time trivia night. Um, but I, I like how they're they're taking their time with this whole Egwene story. This is like just really pivotal in her story arc. Um, and I, I worry maybe they would rush to, through it too quickly because it's uncomfortable. But they're really showing like how it shows how strong she is and also how cruel the Chan are and just how you break someone down.
2: Right, right. Especially, you know, the bird in the tree. Yeah. Um, very cruel. Very, made very it, cruel.
0: Made her destroy the thing she loves. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Uh, but it also was like, oh, she could barely purify water a minute ago, but she's pushed here and she can burn down a tree quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and she had her with, uh, did they tell you how special you are? And, and it was like, if she had just added in a thousand years, then that would be it right there.
2: Right. Right. It's... Um, it's interesting because I think Egwene always felt second place, but now she's like, well, I'm the I'm now the big fish in the small pond here, you know, within right. the Shanshan.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now we, we also have the Da Koval showing up. We've got uh, Ingtar planning the Horn Heist. So that should be coming. Mm-hmm. But we still need, I know some people really want to hear more Horn Lore because they haven't told us much about, like, what it is and why it's so important. So... Yeah, I hope, I hope next episode they build it up more so that when it happens, it has more impact.
2: I think that's right, because David was asking me, like, what does this horn even do? Like, why is this important? And, and right. I think that they they have done a disservice to not make that important yet because there's not as much tension around it.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, but it was uh, what did you think of the tree singing?
2: I thought it looked OK. And we have screeners which are not as HD. So mm-hmm. I, I could change my tune after I watch it on the big screen. But yeah, it's, um, it, it looked fine to me. But the concept was really cool. I liked, I loved the sounds around it. I liked the way that the tree singing sounded. Um, and it was really kind of heartbreaking to hear Loyal give it his all and have the Chen just giggling about it. And what I really liked best was how they were impressed by it, but they had yeah. to play off how they were just, you know, mocking him.
0: Right. Es- especially the hostess, you know, couldn't be overshone, shown by her slave.
2: Right, right. Surath was like, yeah, we're done. We're done. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they are at least, um, whether or not they're building up enough stake in the horn, which I hope that, you know, they they've been able to do within a single episode. They've been able to build a lot of attachment to ideas and mm-hmm. characters. So hopefully that's coming for the horn. But at the right. very least, They've got people invested in wanting to kick the Sean Chan's ass.
2: Yes. And I think that it will be a welcome surprise when Ingtar goes, I got to do this because I need to save my soul. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll, I hope that wows David. He's my, he's my, um, what am I trying to say? My temp check on how this is going for, uh, he's my barometer on how this is going for non-book readers.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I hope um I'm very curious to hear what she, he thinks about this episode because it just it it's so you know, I, I genuinely really cried, especially with Raima. Um that and that's just incredible. I only met her last episode and now like I, I was watching it for a second time and as soon as she winks at him, I'm like, Oh my god, here it comes, here comes the tears. Like they um really earned that moment. It was so devastating. I almost wish that she would have died because I know what happens to her in the books. Is this Pura? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh boy. I didn't even put that together because I can never remember all the names, especially in the early books. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: that's that's awful.
0: So wow. yeah, but but she she went out with a well, with a bang with a crunch. That that ragdoll weave? Wow.
2: Yeah, that's um how did she learn that? She's of the yellow Aja, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Well, but I guess if you're of the yellow Aja, you know about like bone setting and you know what's the difference between bone setting and bone breaking, but
2: Mm, that's a good point. I like that. I like that. Good call.
0: Yeah, and that was that I mean, that was really cool and impactful, and also just the way that they layered it with what was going on with Egwayne. Yeah. Um but before that, she drops a few other Easter eggs. Now the ship's captain, she trusts. Do you think that could be Bale?
2: It could be. I mean, they did drop him. It would be a shame if they just let him go at this point. Yeah. And this would be a good way to get him to know who the Shanchen are, at least.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, and meet a certain Eganon. Um, and they gave, <laughs> more, they gave us more. They give us more Elaine to Rangriol foreshadowing. So it's nice that they're actually building that up to show that she really has a, a special interest in this. Um, right. But some people are upset that Elaine's taking charge more here, uh, unlike Nynaeve's kind of more in charge of this situation in the books. What do you think?
2: Um, I like it because it makes sense to me. I mean, Nynaeve is is strong-headed, but at this point in the show, we've seen her put all her faith into a terrible person. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think I'd be pretty shaken up about my decision-making after that.
0: Right. And, and the whole experience in the um, arches, too.
2: Right. Yeah, I think I think she's rightfully despondent here a little bit. I mean, and she's still, you know, she gives Elaine an attitude, right? She's like, you know, maybe right. I should be in charge. And Elaine's like, yeah, you got us here, lady. So I don't think so.
0: But it's also uh, Elaine needs to Elaine may be a daughter heir, but she needs to earn Nynaeve's respect um, and thereby earn the audience's right. respect. And so it makes sense to let her step up a bit and prove herself.
2: Right. Yeah. Especially, you know, she wasn't in season one at all. We've got to mm-hmm. get to know this character a little bit. I think that's right.
0: Yeah. And did you notice that uh, Raima, she gave them four rings?
2: Okay. I thought it
0: was three when I saw it in the promos, but it seems to be four. So I'm wondering if the fourth might be for Avienda, um, assuming that these will be the rings that the girls used to pretend to be Aes traveling.
2: That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I see I see you labeled it the Wonder Girls travel rings. I finally started calling them the Wonder Girls in the last episode. I was like, you know what? I'm done saying Nynaeve and Elaine. Nynaeve and yeah, Elaine it's and too too um, many names. It's the Wonder Girls.
0: Yeah. We, okay, so the rings that we saw, there was a gray, a green, um, a blue, and then Rima's yellow. Who do you mm-hmm. think which do you think gets which ring?
2: Um, I think Egwene gets green. Mm-hmm. I think blue is maybe naive. No, no, but yellow is obviously Nynaeve. What am I saying? Gray is probably Avienda or I, I think gray and blue are either Avienda or Elaine, and I can't decide which one. How about you?
0: Yeah, I, I agree that it's those two for those two. Um, I was actually just having a discussion with someone about whether Avienda, uh, sorry, whether Elaine was more of a gray or a blue. And I I argued for blue. Um, but okay. out of the two of them, I feel like she's more of a gray than Avienda.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think both of them are willing to eschew rules when they see fit. But I actually, I kind of disagree with you because I think Avienda is really into the rules of Giotto.
0: Hmm, okay. Yeah. do you think like she's a negotiator, a peacemaker? I guess, yeah.
2: I mean, sure, at the when you're at the end of an IL spear, you're probably gonna sue for peace.
0: <laughs> well, as as a wise one later. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Elaine does do plenty of negotiating in her Camelin plotline, in her Siege of Camelin plotline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 interested to see. And it's also why I don't mind if they're just like, oh, and since we're wearing these rings, these are the Ajahs we want too. Right. Make cool. make a gray important again. Um, yeah, and I guess next episode, we're going to see the reunion of friends, uh, um, Raima and Megan. Uh, Megan yeah, from season yeah. one. Yeah.
2: To- uh, Megan, I, I recognized her only barely from that bath scene with with uh, moraine when she's like mm-hmm. oh yeah you gotta you gotta stay here in the tower oh welcome home sister how did she end up here
0: <laughs> uh she said she was gonna go investigate the ships in the west and that's why moraine had oh, to stay right. in the tower yeah
2: right right well good thing moraine didn't get sent there
0: yeah yeah although um, i don't
2: know if moraine would have gotten caught by these people
0: yeah good yeah that's a good point um uh, and Megan she becomes in the books uh she becomes important in the Saladar plot line so it's kind of interesting that now she has a reason to bond with Egwene. Okay.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that. The uh the tower split I I think that that was one of the plot lines that dragged the most in the books.
0: Yeah. And I hope that I they
2: figure out how to speed it up a little bit in this.
0: Because it is at some points like yeah, condensed it's it's a really good plot line, but it did go on for a bit long.
2: Yeah, I, I do like it. I do like that there's a split and it's, you know, rightfully so. People see that this was like an unjust thing with Swan and they, you know, they, they think the, the red is out of its fucking mind, which it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it, it's just too long of like, who's a dark friend? Who is manipulating this? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you always say about Star Wars, uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Well, yeah, the Wheel of Time is definitely a rhyming poem as well.
2: It is it is uh it literally starts with the same words every single time yeah so uh what else we got here i see forsaken in black aja business
0: yeah um oh but i wanted to point out an easter egg that we didn't mention uh uh, when it comes to the Damane. um did you notice that the uh the the woman who ran the hotel um they said that she was chasing her uh granddaughter who was actually okay. we saw the one being taken in episode three um, right by Mary right. the other so I'm wondering if they're all gonna show up in the kennels next week too
2: hmm is there going to be a Demane uprising
0: mm-hmm yeah exactly and will there be an Olivia the most right. powerful Demane.
2: I, I was gonna say I do like Olivia but I I, I don't know if now's the time
0: yeah Well, especially with Egwene being the most powerful, they keep emphasizing. So I guess. Oh,
2: true, true. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have been there.
0: R.I.P. (laughs) Olivia. Which, (laughs) to be fair, yeah, I understand. Um, But yeah, what did you think of the Temple to the Forsaken?
2: It was fine. It was too dark. I couldn't. I could barely see it. Yeah, (laughs) but
0: it was. Night shots in general. Yeah.
2: I think it was more of a plot device than a cool visual which is, is fine. They're all, you know, they're all Len, tell us the truth, Len. I mean, they really corner Len compared to the others, to, compared then, to Moraine.
0: When I watch his second time, it is kind of funny how Len keeps saying like the most suspicious things without realizing it.
2: Yeah, I think he's just the quiet man and he doesn't want to tell anybody anything. And I think he also considers himself loyal to Moraine and Moraine mm-hmm. has been very clear nobody can know about this not even the other sisters I don't trust them you know and, yeah. and I don't think she knows if she can trust Alana yet
0: do you think um do you think that that's what swan called them all there for that, that they're going to like announce that he's a dragon
2: ooh good question do you think that uh, here here's another question I'm going to ask you a follow up because I don't have an answer to that is <laughs> <It's>, um <laughs> do uh, do you think that they will make Alana a dark friend in the show because they kind of left it ambiguous in the book.
0: Um, I don't think so. I think that there will be enough, but they're going to make, I think they're going to make as many characters as possible potentially suspicious. Okay. And she's she's prime for that.
2: Right. Because, I mean, I, I don't even know by the end of the books if she's a dark friend. I think, I think it's possible that she's not because she does release Rand's Bond.
0: I I always assumed that it was pretty clear that she wasn't considering how things ended up with her. Like she, you know, she was loyal to him and, um, that yeah, led to, she sacrificed herself basically. But yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that they, I think they showed that they are going to do the plot line with her and the forced bonding. Um,
2: yes, I think that they, I, I was surprised she didn't do it to land right there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, oh, but the other thing I was wondering about, you know, the council that Swan called is, do you think it could be, because she said 14. Now, I wasn't sure whether that included Moraine or not, but then it would be like Moraine and 13. And could that be an unshielding thing, circle?
2: Ooh, maybe, but they didn't they change the number in the show. They said it it takes eight eye in the show. Yeah, they
0: did, which is like which makes sense because it's the same as the number they're repeating for the Forsaken and everything, but I don't know. Which is fine. That's fine. Yeah, but it's just a a desperate thought. I just really want them to end the shielding plot.
2: I know. I'm I'm exhausted by it. And and I'm sure Rosamund Pike is tired of being an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um I, I gotta say, this episode really made me dislike Moraine even more
0: but by the end she you know she apologized and she ate some humble pie
2: yeah but it, it, does she have to come out of the gate swinging every single time
0: I know is who who she is what is it um Swan called her her puffer fish
2: <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah I forgot about that <laughs>
0: Um, I'm so glad that Lan's back in the picture. And I was also, I was like, no, don't let Ran leave the city. We need, you know, we need a little Lan and Ran sword work now.
2: I know. Uh, I I think I've said in a chat with you and David that, like, Lan definitely encourages Ran's toxic masculinity problems in the books. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they're going to downplay that in the show because Lan seems to be a little bit healthier in the show.
0: Yeah, but then he's got uh, that Loghain exposure to take care of that.
2: Oh right, right, okay. You, you duty is is light, uh, duty is heavier than iron or whatever it is. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, death is light as a feather.
0: Yeah, um, but I am still. I, I like that Loghain and Lanfear are like kind of being teachers, but I am still. Um, I still believe that Esmodian's going to show up later.
2: That would be nice would be nice if we got Asmodian. I mean, we have the boys coming. Yeah. Um, I know you were debating whether they're really getting rid of Semerage or if uh if Lanfear just hates her.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want to believe that. Yeah. I don't know why I want like I hate Semerage. I mean, who doesn't? But I, for some reason I want her be, to be part of the story.
2: I get what you're saying. She's she's pure evil. You've said this to me. She's pure yeah. evil uh compared to the other forsaken who are kind of just like the misfit kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but we're seeing, I mean, I want them to have all different personalities. And Asmodian is, he's a particular archetype that isn't really covered by the others. Maybe a little bit Demondred, but not really. Mm-hmm. Like, we need the rock star forsaken, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just nice to see their Like they are so great when they're bickering, you know, and and I'm seeing that also from new new fans of the show. They love seeing the forsaken bicker and just imagine when they're all there.
2: Right. Yeah. The forsaken relationships are some of the most interesting parts of the book. And I really like already Ishmael and Lanfear's chemistry. That's great. Um, I uh, I was thinking about when we were talking about uh, Star Wars uh, Ahsoka yesterday. And I was thinking about how much like Ishmael Balin's skull is.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And this is becoming like a common trope now <laughs> that yeah. that uh, Robert Jordan started, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, a, a pure nihilism, but it makes it almost charming in a way. Um Yeah. Yeah. And, Both and, have good
2: uh good delivery, good good uh energy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um the whole divide and conquer strategy is working really hard this episode too.
2: Yeah, I mean. and um I wonder I wonder if Ishmael's long plan was to keep Matt from going with Rand. To like tell why? her to push them together, but it's actually like reverse psychology.
0: <laughs> but why? Because
2: like Maybe he wants to keep Matt separate oh, from Rand. But oh, he's I like, see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if
2: I make Matt hate himself, he'll either, you know, die or in some way, or he'll turn to the dark, or you know, I'll make well, him feel alone. Same thing with Rand.
0: That is how he's consistently responded as a character. So yeah.
2: Right. Is 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 she just one step ahead?
0: No, it's true. He's an observant uh dude. That's how he got to be second lieutenant. That and the nihilism, apparently. Um uh, right. but yeah. I just,
2: I just wonder if he's like—is Min—is Min just too good of a person where she's not going to do my bidding unless she thinks she's doing it against my will?
0: But what do you think is going to happen with Min now that uh, she's disobeyed him?
2: Um, I think she better run honestly. And there's nowhere she <laughs> she's can, got run a you can go to your dreams. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, what did you think about uh, Lanfear's move with Leandrin? Do you think she called it she, kill, she called killing her son a gift only one woman can give to another. Do you think it was a gift? Do you think it was Ooh. a relief for Landfair? Or I mean sorry for Leandrin. I think
2: Leandrin the actress played it like a gift. I think yeah, I you think, think that yeah, I think she was really grieved but at the end she looked kind of relieved. Like this is done. I don't have to keep coming back here. I don't have to hide anything and I can just I can go yeah. full villain now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, uh, lanfear made it clear like uh, they shadow gave her what she asked for, but they can take away the gifts and she's still trapped under their thumb.
2: Yeah, my favorite part of that scene is that they added lore to Leandrin where they say, you know, basically she was married off as a child. She was a child bride Mm -hmm. and that's why she hates men. I think that's a great character motivation for her.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree.
2: You know, she didn't. She wasn't born hating men, right? She she was traumatized. Right.
0: I mean, who? Nobody's born hating anyone. They learn it some some way or right. another. Right. Yeah. Um. One other thing that we forgot to mention last week from Leandrin is that she mentioned that the three oaths were. She said that the three oaths were imposed on the Sedai by Arthur a Hawkwing and. That's different than in the book. In the book, they had already taken those oaths, but it's really an interesting choice making them the imposition of a man on the ice on the fe- all female Aes Hmm.
2: Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm wondering if we're gonna get flashbacks to his time as well. I'm really hoping. I'm hoping that they. I, I would love to see more of other ages.
2: Yeah, the Ar- Arthur Hawking was always such an interesting character because he seemed like this like. He, he reminds me of Tolkis in Tolkien mythology, you know, like this, like joyous warrior, like, ha ha, right. ha the day is mine. And yeah, and uh, I, I've always wanted more of him. One of my favorite lines, I don't remember if he had it or somebody else had it, but when Matt asks the Heroes of the Horns, am I one of you? And somebody mm-hmm. goes, ha, ha, I knew he'd ask.
0: <laughs> that's like one of
2: my favorite. That's what that was one of my biggest laughs in the whole series, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I would love to see like this sort of joyous glumping character. Um, I'm wondering, you know, I know we're obviously getting like Omarasu in the um because we know that casting for the finale, but I'm wondering how many heroes will meet now, or if they're going to reveal or just kind of show us a couple faces in in a blurry crowd.
2: Yeah, I'm sure we'll see um, Brigitta because they're going to want to introduce her for season three, probably. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, if they don't do Brigitte, that's a lost opportunity.
0: Yeah, there's um, someone was doing a poll today about uh, who's Laya Costa going to play. Is it going to be Brigitta? Is it going to be Mogedian, or is it going to be a Ludra? And I'm like, honestly, Ooh. I would be down with any of them. But I guess n- less so Brigitta. She's not really Brigitta, but uh, she'd be a perfect Eludra and or okay. Mogedian.
2: Are we gonna get a Ludra this season, though? I feel like we're we're well, actually, maybe because we're gonna have the wedding. I'm sure there's gonna be. I mean, I was there.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there will be at least a tease of fireworks, but I would love there to be some, you know, chaotic explosion involving someone helping them quickly escape. But I don't know. I'm not holding my breath for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Especially
0: considering they emphasize that Leandrin's son is a Ludren. So that becomes why did they do that? I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's like, I understand Robert Jordan maybe would have done that anyway, but you don't have to create more of the problem
0: yeah <laughs> don't double down on the problem yeah
2: right right
0: yeah it does it almost seem like a, a tease for it because it is a fan favorite character which you know i can understand that some of those are going to get cut but then you don't just uh give this a similar name to a totally different character anyway right who dies um,
2: within like three episodes of his introduction
0: right right i mean he had an impact but yeah i breathe right. very well in bed <laughs> right um so yeah, we also got some uh, some more tar. Uh, do you think Rand is kind of like triggering Egwene's dreaming? Maybe I don't know.
2: I, I that felt like him going into her dream.
0: Yeah, but do you think you know just her be- becoming aware that it's possible? Maybe he kind of kicked that off. Which I don't know. Yeah, I maybe kind of she like starts
2: it. seeking him in right. her dreams. Right. Exactly. Okay. I like this idea. Good work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I like it because it, it emphasizes their connection and also, you know, shows he is something special. He's not himself the dreamer like that she is, but he is the dragon reborn.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, and I, although I think I think that was more Lanfear doing that. But yeah. Um, well, I, yeah. I, and yeah, and I, I do like that they are showing that they still have a bond. Um we didn't get the whole. I don't think we got the whole line. Remind me if we did, but I don't think we got the whole line with Min going, you know, you're not for her and she's not for you. Not the yeah. way you want in season 1. And I I always liked that because that set me up to have expectations for these people.
0: Yeah, oh, I almost feel like I almost feel like we did, but maybe that's just in my head from the books.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Right in Right in if we're uh making a mistake here. I know everybody wrote in to tell us that Elias was named the first time he showed up. And right. uh, which you discovered so. after after <laughs> I made this bold claim. Uh I will take full blame for that, Twitter of time, if you're listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no worries. Um oh, but by the way, speaking of the O's, we saw Swan make weapons around her head this week. I, I guess oh, that's yeah. just that's just an oversight, I think, right? That's not saying maybe anything.
2: yeah 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 that could be or or maybe it's just like they're not a weapon until you use them right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah maybe yeah because i mean you're allowed to defend yourself but it just says make no weck no weapon with which someone might kill someone else but maybe it's it's a well, gray area with which it's... a man
2: can kill someone else
0: yeah well in the show they say with which a person
2: oh, okay okay so they change it to remove the loophole
0: yeah yeah Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think that she's actually a dark friend, but I do think Barthanas is, or, or do you think some people are saying maybe Anver is this time or maybe both of them? What do you think?
2: I'm, I was leaning towards just Barthanas until this episode. And now I kind of think both because I kind of think that, um, you know, this, this whole you were right as always mother was him basically saying like you're right we can't get to her through nice games we'll have to go to her uh through through tough love
0: yeah i guess i'm kind of hoping that she's not just because um i think it's more interesting if she she's just kind of you know a bitchy noble lady and you know it's her nice son who's just so likable so devastatingly likable that you know it's gonna be he did the wrong thing for the right reasons
2: We've heard compulsion be mentioned in this season. Do you think maybe the queen is being compelled, is under compulsion to marry him?
0: Oh, it would be interesting to see what that looks like.
2: And see like Moraine recognizing it or something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it is very interesting that we have not yet met her.
2: Yeah. I wonder if she'll be acting really off and one of the 14 (laughs) Aes Sedai say uh you know this is this is something's wrong here this is i'm sensing something around her
0: all right yeah that would be really cool i, I would be into that um yeah i guess yeah we're going to get definitely the more more uh, moraine swan Moraine um as the couple name goes reunion next week and it looks like a flashback to uh the prophecy 20 years ago
2: Ooh, that'd be cool that'd be cool
0: so I'm wondering if, you know, it's been proposed by others, and I was like, I really want Haley Mills to be a wise one, but I maybe she's gonna be Guitara.
2: That would be a good casting, I think.
0: I mean, it the would. only doubt, bummer is then she's like only there for an episode, but I guess one episode is better than nothing. You right, want to bring in a heavy hitter.
2: I'd be really surprised if we saw Amis this season.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I thought maybe like the dreaming thing would kick off to sort of set up them coming to the waist, but that's probably going to be maybe beginning of next season, some time back at the tower, some time in tier, and then, you know.
2: Yeah, I think I think we need all of the last two episodes to satisfyingly wrap up the Falma arc.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's there's no way that's definitely the battle that's going to be there at the end, and uh, and right. uh, I think we're gonna see another tough episode with the queen. But I'm hoping the next one's going to show her throwing rocks that's like my favorite is when she learns all of these um attack channels
2: right yeah that'll it'll be cool if we you know maybe we'll get uh, a montage like uh uh how can i make a demone out of you and uh, <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a great time with that or uh we'll do the hercules one what was that one you know what i'm talking about anyway yeah um, maybe we'll get a montage of her training that would be fun because well yeah we we because we also need. Up.
0: We need her training with uh, Rand training on the sword. We need Matt with the quarter staff. He's got to start getting busy with that. So I, I would love yeah. a Yeah. Was that? Um, yeah. I know what you mean. The Hercules one. But the one sad thing that I think is going to happen. I thought it was going to happen this episode because of the title. But um, I think we're in for a sad moment next time with Hopper.
2: Yeah. I think I think he's uh, basically done. Zero to hero. That's what I was thinking. Zero
0: of. to hero. That's what it's called. Zero yeah, to yeah.
2: hero. I had to look it up because I just could not. I just could not uh, avoid that for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah,
2: yeah. What else we got here? I know we have to talk about some next steps. Do we have anything else we haven't done?
0: No, no, um, no. Just yeah. I, w- I was trying to clock how many. What sisters were there uh, at Kyrian? Um, so we've got Viren, we've got Yasuka, we've got Alana, we've got Leandrin, we've got two more reds, we've got Joya, who's the gray um, sister with the bald head. Uh, we've got a green a white, another one who's gray or white, we've got Leanne, and I guess a couple others I haven't seen. Um, what's interesting is that there are at least three Black Asha sisters there.
2: Yeah, although, is I, I almost hate to call Vera and Black Asha.
0: <laughs> yeah, She's no, like, I know. She's not, she's not going to be playing along. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Varen definitely knows how to use compulsion. So maybe she'll be the one to call it out.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That, cause that would be something that she could do. Yeah. But I'm hoping that we get a, a, another reunion. I did not like that. They got random map. back together just to split them up again so i'm hoping that that's immediately resolved next episode
2: i i think so i think i think they faked us out there because i thought ram was gonna leave i was like oh we're gonna do this again with matt but they they did not they brought ran
0: back um do you what do you think's gonna happen with min do you think uh, they're gonna continue the matt min flirting or they're just gonna sw- switch it to ran now
2: i think they're done and matt's gonna be the disapproving friend now
0: Okay. Of of yeah.
2: of the Rand and Matt uh, Min relationship.
0: <laughs> the slightly hurt one. It does seem like they're kind of setting him against Gwen too. Like first of all, you know, she was mad at him for not going through the gate last season. Um, and then this season, you know, he didn't go to comfort her, and now he didn't go to save her.
2: Well, she does end up pretty angry at him often in the book, so I wouldn't yeah. I would I mean, not be surprised.
0: It, it's interesting, yeah, the way that they're setting that up. Um, but I'm hoping, yeah, just give me a a few fun wedding scenes and I'll be happy and I'll, I'll be ready for the next devastation.
2: All right. Well, Alicia, thank you for being with me on this rendition, this edition of the White Tower segment. Always a fun time to talk to you about book stuff, about the show itself. And I, it's been a real treat of a season. So I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week
0: yeah some strong writing bring it on
2: all right we'll see you then the lorehounds podcast is produced and published by the lorehounds you can send questions feedback and voicemails at the slash contact get early and ad free access to all our episodes at patreon.com slash the lorehounds any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities